You have officially been cleared for communication with the Is It Safe Podcast. Your contact's code names are Luke. Even a scarlet letter ain't going to work because these aren't the neighbors that actually like come over to your house with baked muffins. They're not the same people. Matt. Seinfeld, you know, like I want to draw a line because like Larry David is that's that's the value of Seinfeld. You know, George Costanza, the pettiness, the petty human. Mike. It's like when you watch one of those NBA games or like a, a sports game and you don't know that someone's playing a video game. You know, it's like, oh shit, that looked pretty real. I thought that was a real game on TV, but your friends are just playing like NBA 2K or some shit. And Scott. Is that what it is? Like, okay, I'm intolerant. Because I'm pretty fucking intolerant to organized religion, but, yeah. I, you know, I've got dozens of people in my life that are, you know, really into the Lord. It is now safe to speak freely and openly on the Is It Safe podcast. This is episode 12? Uh, it might... I think it's 12. We tried to do 12 last week and didn't take. So I think this is episode 12, part 2. I'm one of your hosts, Michael Govier, along with Matt, Luke, and Giddy Potts. We're all here to talk about some of the fun, exciting things happening around us. Don't forget, is it safe pod at gmail.com is how you can email the show if you have any questions or any deep, deep, critical breakdowns. You have theories, um, maybe some yeah, send them, theses you want to share. Should give them your personal email address for those. Not interested. We would, no, come on. I want to hear uh, from people, see what they have to say. Anyways, we're excited to uh, talk about restaurants. They're back open in the state of Michigan as of this week, the other day. Has anybody gone out to eat and sat down anywhere yet? No. No. (laughs) So, yeah, a fertile conversation. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) We got that done. What's next? I just walked by a few places in Gross Point, and there were some people, you know, drinking. Uh <laughs> the drinking well, part I, I understand. Yeah. I said my uh I talked to my dad earlier and he said uh yeah, I got to go. We're going out to dinner. I'm like, "Oh, cool. Good luck." Uh <laughs> and I know my dad, he's probably going to like TGI Fridays yeah, or something. Like just getting that that yeah. just needs a bloom and onion from out. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds pretty good actually. <laughs> They're pretty good. My girlfriend gets slammed with uh really good Outback deals. So why nice. is that? I I think she just ended up on a mailing list on a whim. And then they're just like, you get a free blooming onion. And we're like, <laughs> all right. I mean, I would be lying if I said we haven't gone to Outback twice in the last <laughs> like five years. Really? Uh, yeah. You know, I don't know. You just you smoke a J, you go in there, you get a blooming onion and uh, an order of wings and, you know, kind of just see how the. See how the upper middle half live. Now you can uh, you can stop by on the way to the Open Michigan Rally, the Capitol, and get a <laughs> gut full of blooming onion and uh, just get out there. <laughs> That's a uh, time to be alive. <laughs> well, um, what was that? It's an exciting time to be alive with all these blooming onions, and um, <laughs> you know, I find that. Things are pretty quiet right now. I feel like there's a, I hate to admit it, but I kind of feel like things are a little more quiet than they you, they were before in a pre-Trump, post-Trump world, I guess. Well, we, yeah. we, always knew, we always knew it was going to quiet down. It was just a matter of whether or not that was 
a good enough reason to, you know, shut up as well. Well, I have, I have a friend of mine I talked to the other day. I hadn't talked to her in a while, and she was saying that COVID hasn't stopped her from living her life. I told her I've been holed up in my house many a month, and she's like, <laughs> right. you got to live your life, man. You got to get out there. And I was kind of surprised by that. Uh, yeah, she's do, pretty do thoughtful, exactly. heady, reasonable person. I, I don't feel like I'm not living my life. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's just different. I mean, now. I would love to, like, drink in a bar and spend, like, you know, 60% more on alcohol than I do right now. <laughs> but I'm also kind of enjoying not doing that. And it would be fun to like, you know, hang out with people, but I don't know. Yeah. It'll happen. Yeah. In, in due time. I mean, I saw um, Detroit residents and or people that work in Detroit are now eligible to receive the vaccine. Um, a lot of people that I know in the service industry are getting it on Friday, like a lot of people. Um, so now let's open up the conversation of belly aching about why our 99 year old mama can't get it, but our 28 year old friends are getting it. It doesn't matter. I took my girlfriend got her first shot today. Actually, she is in healthcare and got her first shot. And she's like, should I feel bad? I'm like, no, get the F and when, when your number is called, just get it. You know, it's not, yeah. self, it's not selfish. It's not, yeah. you know, <laughs> don't, don't sit around and, and worry about it. Get the needle in your arm and just that. That's the point. Now we can scratch, you know, go back in three weeks. She's got her second appointment on the 24th and we can scratch her name off the list and we can stop worrying about you. You are, everyone is a burden. We have to worry about mm -hmm. everyone now until they get it. So, well, yeah. if you work in healthcare and you have the, you know, the potential to spread it to an old person, then probably should get vaccinated. Well, she know? doesn't, she works at a mental health facility and works remotely and doesn't ever have to see anybody, but she's technically a healthcare worker and you know, but <laughs> Do it. Well, yeah. yeah, but what's she going to do? Say no. And then just, hoping and ends up yeah. in a more appropriate arm like i don't know that it's doesn't in the, dude in the in the like uh in the new york rollout they had they were throwing away perfectly good like uh vaccines because they they were trying to do this in some systematic way but it's like you know what don't throw them away just give them to whoever is nearby at that point yeah it's my like, brother you know throwing good food out the back you know in the dumpster at a restaurant it's like definitely donate that shit yeah, my brother, uh, he's like working at a vaccine distribution site in Chicago. And basically they, if people don't make their appointment, they got to use the vaccine. So they'll grab whoever's nearby, give them a vaccine. Absolutely. That's it's a just real as, shame it, when folks be throwing away a perfectly good white boy like that. It's, it's, just, it's, just, as, it's just as important to get, <laughs> to make sure that the people that, just important to get anybody the vaccine because who goes to who goes to visit their grandparents you know who goes to to do anything like people especially people that work in the food service industry as well they they should all be vaccinated they should be prioritized you want to think of a priority group they talk to hundreds <laughs> of people a week now yeah so I, I don't know. like anybody like just get it just keep getting it give it to as many people as humanly freaking possible and that's the only way to develop you oh, know, your head out of your herd immunity without like going jumping into the breach yeah we don't need to get in this business of 
prioritizing. I, I mean, we should prioritize, but hey, if you're a healthcare worker, if, especially if you work in the service industry of any kind and you're offered the vaccine, just get the damn thing. I know so many people. I was in that world. And Mike, I think you were too, right? I mean, you were working. Didn't you just recently leave your job? I don't know. I'm supposed to say it. I don't know if we're supposed to look at you. About that, but, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I quit my job. Uh, well, I didn't quit, yes. but I resigned in respectable amount of time, two weeks. Yes. So I am now free of that world. But yeah, I was on the line in the front door of the hotel in a vestibule every day. And you had to get in people's cars and shit. And Oh, yeah. I didn't you want to what? do that. This shit is so, it's, it's, uh, it's so crazy. It's like um, if people who work in like food service, for instance, I, I just, I think of us all that. So you see, let's say you see a thousand customers in a week. I mean, it's like if, if it was like Wilt Chamberlain was like patient two. <laughs> wow. You know what I mean? It's, just, it's like an automatic fucking super spreader. You know, I, it's funny you bring that up. I, is it mathematically possible for Will Chamberlain to have, <laughs> like, how many a day? I've done the math. I've talking? done the math, and then I, I was like, he would have had to start when he was, like, uh, two years old. I don't, you know. He he would have been the first work person out. that needed to get vaccinated in America if he was alive. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was, like, with a whiteboard, uh, like, Charlie, like, explaining bird law or something. It's always sunny in Philadelphia <laughs> with, you know, strings all over the place. And it's just like, no, that math doesn't work out. He oh, I heard that uh, people getting the vaccine are staying. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. That's where it is. Yeah, that's where they're at. So. <laughs> that's the best place to get the vaccine, guys. So Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. <laughs> Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. <laughs> What's that from? Naked Gun. Ah. Been a what, was, uh, what was Wilt's alleged number? 10,000 or something like 20. that, wasn't it? 20. 20. Wills was 20 grand. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. 20, 20 G's. <laughs> 20 G's of vagina. 20 P's. 20 V's. I don't even think I've jacked off that many times in my life. That's a, that's a lot. Yeah. He never made a clear if it was beat off, slow jobs, sex, uh, anal sex. Uh, Didn't count uh, that. Didn't count. Exit rounds. I mean, incidental never... contact on a subway. So that's basically what? 52. He's just a. 52. Fucking liar. <laughs> How about that? Maybe he's just a fucking liar. That's 55 years of fucking every day. It's a lot. <laughs> Roughly, right? 50, yeah, 55. I don't know. I guess you could, I guess you could do it. You throw in, you know, you throw in a bunch of orgies here and there. You can probably get it done in 37 years. Yeah, we are forgetting that we're talking professional basketball player level orgy. That's. Yeah, which that's still, gotta be, yeah, it's still it's got there's got to be a multiplier in there, like a, a regular guy that's like, oh, dude, I went to a, just went to an orgy. Um, you it, in your head, how many people are you thinking? You're thinking four tops, swingers party. That's what he calls an orgy. I bet you a Wilt Chamberlain orgy would have been, yeah, just forty. Just it would have been like jumping in the ball pit at Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. which which should be the very last thing that opens. Uh, after we're all vaccinated. What? Yeah. Yes. The ball pit. Literally the, the open, ball pit. And open. I <laughs> should be the last thing available to us. How do you disinfect that? Do. What do you, how do you disinfect a ball pit? <laughs> how does that work? Uh, I think it's impossible. 
fill the whole <laughs> thing with bleach. Yep. And hope people don't walk out with like lesions on their faces. Yeah, basically. I mean, you're, you're going to get that if you don't clean it. You're going to get a yeah. lesion. Right. You get yeah. some ringworm. <laughs> you know. Remember God, in traffic, you... uh, Miguel Ferrer hides in a ball pit before they bust him. His toe sticking really? out and they shoot him in the foot. <laughs> That's my only bo- uh, ball pit movie reference I have. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. But no, the. Um... The the restaurant thing, it's we're at what twenty five percent capacity now is what we're allowed. It just seems so I don't know. It seems it seems so ridiculous. I know people are getting anxious. People even when we weren't dealing with a global pandemic, this is literally the first week of February has always been my least favorite week of the year. And uh very specific. Yeah, it is. I hate it. I hate I hate February first to seventh, and people get people are getting uh, they get anxious they get you know they're well, losing I, their fucking minds. And yeah, exactly, so, I think the anxiety is all about Groundhog Day, right? I mean, we don't six more weeks. Yeah, that, that's what's ha- that's what's happening. That's what's on everyone's mind. Six weeks doesn't sound that bad to me though. Like fuck, six weeks that's nothing. Well, well now that you're like a shut in, it doesn't matter. I, I just I guess it's just living in Michigan. You know, you're gonna be. You're going to be stuck with shitty weather well into March. Yeah, I've never the and April, six really. more weeks uh, early spring. It's it's just it's garbage weather until like mid April. Even then, we used to have baseball games snowed out routinely first two weeks of April. Mm-hmm. Our first game was always like the fifteenth or the tenth or whatever, and we would have our first game snowed out almost literally every single year. Mike, do you have advanced metrics on walks and hits per innings pitched in April in Detroit in the last 20 years? <laughs> Jesus. Walks? A whip in Detroit yeah. in April in the last 20 years? 20,000. 20,000? No. Um, uh, usually the whip in April in Detroit should be pretty cold or low. I would assume a low whip overall because it's cold. Pitcher friendly. Very pitcher friendly. I remember. Isn't, isn't the first month always pitcher friendly though? Because like no one's got data on the pitchers yet. Well, you mean has Comerica hmm. always been pitcher friendly? No, I just mean the first month of baseball. Like oh it's right, a, it's right, yeah. Compared month. to like dead of summer when you go yeah. to Camden Yards and it's hotter than hell, or St. Louis where it's like 100 degrees and the balls yeah, just fly out of the park. Absolutely, no doubt about that. But I was thinking about. I was thinking about the first time I went to Comerica. Does everyone remember their very first experience? Because mine was Hideo Nomo was a tiger. It was the year 2000, the opening year. Man. We were sat in the left field seats there, right in front of the fence, left field fence. It was April, just like you're saying. It was cold, shitty. I went with uh, Coomer, Luke. It was me, Coomer, and somebody else. And the Red Sox kicked their ass. It was a smoke job. So. That was, was the that first time at Comerica. The year 2000? Yep, that's the year it opened. I also went, I went to the last game at Tiger Stadium. So I, Oh, wow. That's right. That was pretty cool. Brad Osmus was on the Brad Osmus. On yeah, the roster. Brad Osmus took the home plate from Tiger Stadium and brought it over to Comerica. Very exciting. Oh, wow. Very special. As the franchise man that he was, the torchbearer, <laughs> the plate bearer, Brad Osmus. Brad he not only Os- sucked for Detroit, he sucked when he got hired by the Angels as a manager, too. So he's no longer employed. He might be a coach somewhere, but he's not. Uh, he's, he's like the coach of Team Israel or something. He's just so like seriously, he seriously, he seriously was. He's like the hey. national team coach. What? <laughs> Jesus. He's a that may, have been, dude, be, that may have been between the uh, 
between the jobs. We, we went and got a better catcher as a as a coach. Between jobs. Between oh, jobs. Uh, went, went to Israel and coach baseball. Well, speaking of baseball, did you guys hear that story about the guy, the Angels coach, who's been outed by a bunch of women for being a scumbag, oh. Mickey Calloway? No. Uh, he's the latest in a long line of people to be uh, exposed for being a scumbag towards women. Although well, what kind, not what at the time it happened, but after the fact. But it's like five kind different of, women say he's harasses and blah, blah, blah. I, I didn't read the whole story, so if he raped somebody and I'm making light of this, then I'm in big trouble. But Yikes. Uh, I don't think he raped anybody, but he was a dickhead for sure. I, I, Luke, I was thinking about you because there was uh, the... Cool, thanks. Yeah. Lost his pictures a lot. You know, that really... Um, oh, is that is that Osmus with the Bud Light at the bar? That's my favorite Osmus photo. Sure is. <laughs> Those are a classic gaggle of like Midwestern Michigan women. Yeah. That looks like oh, Michigan to me. Hell yeah. Speaking of douchebags, <laughs> let me know what you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Back. That's a good segue back to Luke. Um, now the uh, the guy from uh, one of the founders of the Lincoln Logs project. Um, <laughs> Hold on, wait. Do you mean Lincoln Logs? Or are you Lincoln talking Logs the toy? Lincoln Project. Uh, Lincoln Project. He got yeah. Uh, oh, Steve Schmidt harassing men. No, it, uh, what's his name? The other uh, guy, Rick Wilson. No, no, no. It's not one of the high-profile guys. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, just, but he was one of the main guys, guys co-founder, guy. right? But not one of the high-profile guys. Rick Wilson and uh, whoever the other guy. Those are those are your high-profile guys. Let's see. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but the whatever. first thing that pops up actually when I search for it is Liz Cheney could take Matt Getz in a fight with one hand tied behind her back. No <laughs> I, idea. I, what don't that... doubt, I don't doubt that for a second. I saw Vice. So <laughs> what kind of stock she's from. Yeah, that. John Weaver. That's the guy's Jared Porter news This is the Mickey Kelly. What happened to me and probably to a lot of other women is it sort of unlodged a lot of things that women have had to deal with. So we started hearing a little bit about Mickey Calloway. Um, you were hearing a lot of whispers through the Whisper Network. And we were able to, Katie Strang and I, find enough women who not only said, yes, Mickey Calloway was inappropriate, they had text messages, they had photos, uh, um, they had documented text messages and photos. Of the emails of the Facebook messages. Oh, that's a, that's how he looks to. exactly like he looks every just time. like Brett Favre. That makes sense. Uh, also me. a creeper. Also a text message creeper. Brett Favre, exactly. yeah, that uh, chick yeah. from Florida State. He sent his dick to. Yeah, she was so hot. Though. I mean, you don't not cool to send your dick to somebody randomly, but <laughs> she was very beautiful. <laughs> oh man, if she well, wasn't you know, as hot, when you're though. on six oxys and uh, half <laughs> fifth, you know. Yeah, that guy. That guy has been missing half his brain for quite a while. I was having this thought when I was walking today and it was cold out and I was thinking about thinking about Trump and and I was just thinking about like harebrained shit and something popped in my head about, uh, you know, like cryogenically freezing stuff. People that, you know, just some crazy ass shit that like only billionaires could do. And uh, I was like, you ever did a thing where you think of jokes, but you realize how fucking stupid they are the second you, uh, you know, even think about telling them out loud. And uh, my like dad joke was that uh, he just got his brain frozen a lot long, a long time ago. And it made me laugh 
I laugh to myself. That's I think that's what the shut-in shit is doing to my brain. It's it's like it's like slowing me down. I think like synapses are are not firing anymore. There are little pathways that are connecting. I'm finding shit like that hilarious. Oh no, man! Laughing at getting high on your own smell is one of the greatest things ever. I do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm the fucking funniest person ever. I'll just sit around and think shit and be like, "You're fucking great." <laughs> it's genius. Yeah, you should probably get cryogenically frozen. It's over. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, no, man. No, I <laughs> well, t- is Ted Williams, Williams is Ted Williams still cryogenically frozen? He's cryogenically frozen and he's batting 404. <laughs> yeah. I mean, That's, we got to preserve that that fucking bat swinging gene. That eyeball, man. He's probably got the best eye. He's probably got he's the <laughs> most he's the highest uh sought after eye organ donor in the on the whole planet. Just got to just got to throw those babies out, man. Dude, umpires used to call a ball if you didn't swing at it. That is, that is BDE at its highest level on the ball field. Couldn't he like identify the color of dots that were inked onto a baseball, like a little dot that was coming at ninety? It makes baseball more interesting to say yes and to believe that. So I I believe it. (laughs) Uh, On that tree. Years ago, I, I was walking down the street in Manhattan. I'm on my way to work, and I walked in, and I was like, "Oh man, I think I just saw. I think I just saw Will Smith." Uh, walking down walking down the street and my buddy was like don't you ever say you think you saw anything you saw will smith it makes our lives better this shit is fucking boring and he's right i just i just go with it so yeah did was he able to see a fucking red dot williams could see will smith from from a mile away Yes, he could. You could say that's 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 Will Smith. It's like a, it's, it's like Bill Brasky. Yeah. God damn it! You keep bringing it. I mean, Will Smith. I mean, come on. Never got please jiggy with me. it, Luke. Or, 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 me, uh, or was Ted Williams me. a terrible racist who thought all black people looked alike? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's possible. Uh, please tell me you already time. had this drop, Boy. Mike. Uh, I really hope you had this drop already programmed into the board. 1997, the year that music died or was the greatest. We are not yeah, sure. Yeah, it did take a major turn for the worse. Right the late 90s there. Closing time. That was the moment. Closing time. Oh. Yeah. Luke, do you oh. remember? There was that guy. Um, I don't know if you remember him, but he was on my floor at Central on Cary uh, on the seventh floor. And his name was Kevin. He was from New York. Oh yeah, and he was really tight with Matchbox Twenty. Ooh. He kept saying that all the time. He's like, "Dude, this band's gonna blow up. I love Matchbox Twenty. This was 1998, <laughs> so it was right on the brink of. Uh, Weren't they already they just kind of blown huge? up at that point with the yeah. real world, whatever? Three AM, uh, whatever that album was. That must be lonely. Oh, I do remember Mad, uh, Matchbox Twenty being on the Santana record that year. Ninety-nine. That Rob, was smooth. Yeah. Welcome to hell, Rob. Uh, Rob That's Thomas. Welcome to hell. Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> A fucking smooth guy. We can never get yeah. away from smooth. Oh man, I was. God, uh, that was on the ring. Yeah, there it is. This gets this right was, in your face, and you can't this get away. Was, this was <laughs> me uh, bagging, or this was me stocking shelves at CVS in 1999. <laughs> <laughs> OMG, how bizarre was really big. Uh, oh, how bizarre! Brian, how bizarre. Dude, Brian McKnight back at one was really huge. Oh, yeah. It almost it almost makes me appreciate the fact that I had to listen to like nonstop Jewel songs when I was at Staples in 1997. <laughs> I was fine yeah, with that. P- oh. Pieces of you. 
Like Jules, Jules. yeah, Jules. Jules, whatever. Jules That's the that's the most controversial <laughs> thing I've ever heard. There's <laughs> <laughs> an ambivalence on Jewel. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Jewel was watch everybody gets totally silent and just listens. That's yeah. Yeah. She was like a man's that room. <laughs> she was a babe. Jewel was a babe, man. Did we just like uh did we did we just skip over uh like really rough material and start fucking around? Weren't we talking about uh sexual assaults and baseball? Well, we yeah. talked, we brought up the Mickey Calloway thing, but it didn't really seem to take in terms of the conversation. So you just brought yeah, it back it though, now. Now yeah, we're I, brought, all I, I brought it back. Yeah, I did. The, I don't know the, why. The phrase didn't seem to take just <laughs> seems like it's relegated to the bisectomy realm. Why? <laughs> yeah, slash, this, slash this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. You're damn straight. Can we get foolish games and not talk yeah, for four minutes? Yeah, that's the that's the hit. <laughs> I never heard pieces of you, Matt. That was a lovely piece of material. <laughs> oh, that's the album, I believe. That's the album title. Oh well, that was the self-titled oh, title track. Self-titled. Yeah. Oh, don't walk that back now. You knew that was a song on that album. Oh, oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> this one's a nut cruncher right here. <laughs> <laughs> Jewel's going through something, you know. It's not easy growing up in Alaska. God damn! Yeah, in a car, right. living in the back of a car, wasn't she? Like, wasn't that her that story? Was the story that was yeah. the narrative. That who knows if it was true. She seems like an authentic person. I actually think she's got a lot of credibility because she was in Dewey Cox Walk Hard. I thought anybody who's willing to show up in that film, I got a lot of respect. <laughs> right. <laughs> that says as much for them as it doesn't say for the film. Yeah. She was doing harmonies with Lyle Lovett on stage. <laughs> Even Eddie Vedder was <laughs> in that. Lovett it was fucking was hilarious. Vedder's in that? Jeez. Yeah, he's getting like that Lifetime Achievement Award, and <laughs> Eddie Vedder introduces him. It's hilarious. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, God. Whatever. Bad producing. Sorry. <laughs> what? The, are you apologizing for playing Jewel in the first place? Or for. <laughs> All that. Callaway story was still playing on YouTube and it automatically uh, started back up. It's not easy, guys. You know, try to do the best we can here at the Is It Safe podcast. That's what you're listening to. I'm Michael Govier, along with my compadres. We're talking about whatever comes to our mind. That's what we do here. Pretty exciting stuff, huh? Yeah. How about the? How about that story about those uh, oligarchs in New York living yeah. in a shitty, oh, shitty slum high rise that cost. billion or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) I think it was 3.1. It's the most uplifting piece of news I've heard in a long time. Just people, people like mired in floods and bad electrical wires and shut down elevators. Uh, It sounds bad. Uh, But these people are fucking assholes. I I think it's great. Eddie Vedder. (laughs) (laughs) Eddie Vedder does not live in this uh, high rise, but. uh... (laughs) Right. Pearl Jam. I had to wait for advertisements. Huh? He's a lead singer, Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam? He's a lead <laughs> singer, Pearl Jam. This <laughs> is the extended cut version from the Walk Hard. Oh, good, extended. Come a little closer, girl. I'll show you my scars. Because I'm what? guilty. Guilty <laughs> as charged. 
I think we all remember where we were the first time we heard Dewey Cox sing those words. <laughs> I was 13 years old, working at the corner store when Guilty as Charged came on the radio. <laughs> it was a where are they now <laughs> block, but I knew right where I was. He's a mumbler. For the first time in my Eddie life, talking and singing. Who I was. He's deadpanning this. It's very good. Though I was just a child, I understood what it meant to love and to lose love, to die and be reborn, to cry tears of joy and tears of blood. Pretty beautiful. For those two minutes, I was a 13-year-old outlaw, a sinner in search of redemption, a man with the body of a child. Okay, whatever. This goes I, would throw, I'd throw I was waiting for him to say Cox. What do we think of when we think of Cox? That's what's in the movie, but the, uh, you know, this is the extendo <laughs> cut, so fuck me. <laughs> I feel like isn't there a rule that you're not supposed to like reference a, a better show than the one you have, or you reference a better movie in your movie? Uh, well, and well, then I hear I hear well, I hear better talking, and I'm like, shit. I love his <laughs> voice. I still love his fucking voice. Of course, I, I could listen to that guy. He should do he should do books on tape, and he should just read them at his own pace, whatever the pace is. You know, I'd I'd listen to Eddie read read a book for two hours. I didn't care what it's about. He's apparently agree a, with that all the way. a hardcore Chicago Cubs fan. Mm-hmm. Like, like uh, hangs out with Bill Murray at Wrigley Field, kind of guy. Yeah, we yeah, saw him. At, I was, I was just so looking good. at, uh, I was, I was searching for him drinking expensive red wine on stage, and I got one. He's got like a Walter Payton jersey on, and probably is drinking like a three hundred dollar bottle of Bordeaux or something. That's his, that's his bit. He's like um, yeah, this is a bit. Rufus Wainwright or something. Yeah, he's, he's not like uh, every show I saw him at. He was always drinking wine. That is true. Bob, Bob Pollard from Guided by Voices, who drinks like sixty beers on stage, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like the best MGD. show ever. Yeah, yeah. just <laughs> it would be. He, he has his own cooler on stage, and he just like while dancing, just reaches in, grabs a beer, and smacks. God, it I fucking love rock stars that just drink their ass off on stage. I love that shit. I, I can't, I can't help it. I love, I love seeing drunk rock stars. It's just stupid. And indulgent. Have, have you ever been to a Guided by Voices show? I haven't. No. Oh man! Uh, next time they come, if you know, if and when they come, we, we're going because we're going. he's your man. He's your man for that. Yeah. He's just peacocking up there. He's kind of like a Roger Daltrey. He's got those kind of moves. Like he'll throw the mic out, twirl it on the, you know, on the on the cord, and yeah. he'll just pound drinks. That's largely what I like about the the guy from the National is that he just drinks like champagne like the whole fucking show, and it's like okay, you're pompous, but this is this is my brand of uh, of just arrogance. I feel like that's a that's like a step. That's not. Hmm. I wish it was obnoxious. That just seems like an odd choice. It's very weird. Why would you drink champagne? Why would anyone choose to drink champagne? Uh, the only time I drink, that's why champagne is only served for special occasions. It'd be forced to drink. Does anyone like champagne? Am I alone? No. Here? I think it's fucking terrible. Yeah, I like yeah it. it's always garbage. I think it's good. Oh, all right. Well, well who's yes. right? Uh, I don't know. Let's. Uh, yeah, it's important. Yeah. <laughs> Let's find the objectivity in this argument. <laughs> objectivity is what we deal with here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was, uh, you know, we didn't. I want to get to this. These New York, I got these New York skyscraper people. Definitely have uh, some comments there. But there's also, yes, this guy's awesome. Yep. For for the audience, if we have one, uh, Mike just sent a picture of 
I don't know his name from the Guided by Voices. Oh, Bob Pollard. Bob Pollard. Such an overrated. I mean, that band has been pushed by hipsters for decades. Such an overrated trash band. But that's oh, so not an overrated trash band. One of the best. That's exactly what it is, though. That's the thing. Uh, also, Bob Pollard threw a no hitter as a collegiate pitcher at Wright State University. So. On acid, cool. right after Doc Right, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, <That's> very cool. <laughs> he outdid him. Yeah, they, well, of all the sports, baseball has always had the best taste in music. So. Uh, say again? Of all the sports, the baseball has always, people in baseball have always had the best taste in music. So. Well, there's also, uh, my one of my favorite stories of all time is Scott Radinsky. You know, played a, a fairly respectable relief pitcher for years while also touring uh, in the band Pulley. Right. Well, that is great. That's like the coolest Holy, fucking life ever. Yeah, well, yeah. That's as good yeah. as it gets, man. Epitaph? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Was, they were oh, the guy uh, from the guy from oh, Bad Religion. Wasn't he uh getting a PhD the whole time too? Or Oh he's a yeah, he's a doctor now. Yeah, yeah. PhD Dr. in Grafton. Duology. He's fucking uh, holy, bro. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Ten foot yeah. pole right afterwards. Ten foot pole, yeah. But I just, I yeah. love the idea that this dude was like during the baseball season, they didn't tour. Like, that's fucking. So he's, he literally plays the whole season and, and did put up respectable numbers, was a solid relief pitcher, and then goes on the road, you know, a month later when the season's over and tours in the offseason. He's living like the fullest, just, man. Yeah, that's ultimate. But the guy, you know, you never hear, never heard anything uh, about him or about that. I and mean, I wonder if they ever talked about that in the uh, broadcast. Anybody want to uh, guess Scott Radinsky's career ERA uh, over I think eleven it's... seasons? Uh, eleven, 11 seasons. seasons. I have a. I do have a guess here. I'm going to say uh, relief pitcher. Remember, I'm going to say four forty four. I think it was. Oh man! All right, I'm I'm going back and forth between three and five. Uh, I feel like it was low fives. But I, I kind of want to say like three seventy. Kind of want to say like nine fourteen. I kind of want to say I want to say I want to say like a bunch of numbers, so I can't be wrong. I'm gonna you know I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with like five five oh five. Matt, Matt, no guess, no guess. No I guess. have no no idea. The answer is you guys are terribly rude to Scott Radinsky. Three point four four career year. So right? say to be to be uh, Damn, eleven three, years, eleven ah, years in the show. I was what I said right three point four four. Yeah, uh, I feel like you said four point four four, but that's close. I mean, fake news. Well, you, you know, you inherit that's a lot of base man. runners as a relief pitcher, so you probably do, do. They tend to have lower ERAs. Uh, they, were, yeah, yeah. that's that's not on you. Exactly. Yeah, it's them and then closers. So I mean, I guess closers relief pitchers, but yeah, they always have lower ERAs. But for some reason, I thought maybe his had jumped up in his later years, but that just shows you that's fucking cool. Well, he came on strong. Proves my point. This guy is cool. Yes, Scott Radinsky's lived a good life. He's probably done everything he wanted to do. I think he's ready to die. <laughs> we should check in on him. It's been a he's rough. He's fifty-two couple of years. years old. Fifty-two years old. Wow. Jesus, should have just. He'd still be gotten... touring in Poli, man. <laughs> he played at Simi Valley High School as well. God damn, we really? need to see. Those are the kind of clues we need in music league. Shit like pulley. I, that's that's the kind of stuff I want to see in in that. I almost went an emo route for the '90s category. So did I, and then I and then I submitted a Pat Boone song, and then afterwards there was like a Pat Boone 
you see this Pat Boone like shower commercial where he's like it's like a Is shower. It's like a shower. Yeah, it's like a shower commercial for for old people. And there's like a door and they don't have to, you know, they can just walk right in. And he's like playing with bubble, bubble bath and shit. I actually don't really even know who the man is. My friend just sent me that song. Uh, he was like a religious guy. That was interesting. Like, he I don't was like even a, know who the fuck he is. He was like to, uh, he was like the musical equivalent of Billy Graham, wasn't he? Well, he kind was a, a evangelical. He, was a parody. he took a hard song or he made it his crooner, but it was a joke. That's like, he well, was just his 90s. crooner joke. In the he's 90s, like, for sure. Like, but. He's like Dick Cheese, right? Like Richard Cheese. Exactly, exactly. But I think he thinks he's more respectable than that sometimes. Dick <laughs> Cheese is the best. <laughs> this shit's so stupid. I, I, I never heard this song. What? Uh, who are you guys talking about? Some dip shit. This is Pat Boone. <laughs> oh, Pat Boone. Why, do, uh, why were you guys talking about Kurt Schilling? The other day, we had oh, a, he got he got shut out of the Hall of Fame, right? It's like nobody got votes. voted in. Nobody except for Al Michaels. There's some bullshit. Oh well, no baseball players were yeah. voted in this year. So. Uh, well, because <laughs> because we're like in the steroid era now, right? Like and and racists. Well, Kurt, <laughs> Kurt Schilling is just a douchebag, basically. Yeah, that's, but that's why there's I, a lot of douchebags in the Hall of Fame. Oh yeah, I mean not that like and he, some and some real criminals. <laughs> Straight up racist to the max. I mean, <laughs> big time. Everybody from 1900 and the 1800s all the way up to like who knows 1970, even further. Racist. Wait a minute. If they if they already if they granted the status of the Negro League uh, as part of the overall MLB, does that now open up all uh, all players in the not, Negro League to that does the not get Hall of Fame? Chilling into the Hall of Fame? No. No. <laughs> as a as a point of historical yeah. justice, can, as social social justice, can we make sure Kurt Schilling gets a gets a hearing? I don't want yeah, to be in a position to defend Kurt Schilling, but you're gonna. But no. I'm gonna say that the Hall of Fame is you know I don't have any respect for them either. All these people involved, they're all they think they're pious and elite, and and other people think they have the power. Baseball writers think they know more, and I yeah. have to. Yeah. I've never say this. I've never understood it. I actually, I think that might be an interesting history. How the hell did it even get started? Why is it only? Why is it only? It's like writers, like former coaches, broadcasters. What's with the hodgepodge of of people? Started. I think they started in the thirties. Man, you know, Babe Ruth is getting old. I don't know. Hey, let's start all the the same. Babe Ruth's old. Is it the most arbitrary thing in all of sports? I mean, it seems pretty fucking arbitrary to me. It's in the running. Well, you can get you can get elected later, right? Like you can nominated. Get a, no, I guess well, it is. It is yeah. like an election. Yeah, they got. Well, here it was the Hall of Fame was established in 1939 by Stephen Carlton Clark, an heir to the Singer sewing machine fortune. Clark sought to bring tourists to a city hurt by the Great Depression, which reduced the local tourist trade and prohibition, which devastated the local hops industry. Mm. Interesting. Well, Wait. yeah, I mean, we're at the point now where everybody up for consideration is tainted by the steroids era, right? Except for Ken Griffey Jr., maybe, right? Is he in well, that? Schilling is he isn't tainted. He's not tainted Can by we... steroids. He's tainted by his scumbag. His mouth, yeah. Yeah, and and uh, Griffey Jr. is like, uh, yeah, famously avoided the gym. So I'm not worried about him. Uh, I, yeah, I don't think he did any 
performance oh, no, he did drugs. Not. I think he he literally uh, probably would have walked away from that. He shit. literally. He's so fucking naturally talented. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. So uh, it's X number of years until you can come up for uh, consideration for the Hall of Fame. And then you're right. So we are in that we're in that like stretch now where all the great players. So they they wouldn't put someone like Sammy Sosa or someone like uh, Barry Bonds has got to be. Oh, Sa- Sammy Sosa it, right? does not deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, even, even no. considering his couple good seasons of hitting home runs. What about Barry Bonds? Is he in it? Oh, absolutely. No, he's not. Uh, he's not. Okay. No, those guys are. He should be. But he Barry Bonds be. was a bona fide, uh, legit, like, five-tool player. No McGuire, no Sosa, no Bonds, no, no none of those. No dudes. Roger Clemens. None, none of those guys? None of no them. Roger Clemens? No, no, hell no. That what? guy's as scummy as Kurt Schilling, if you ask me. So. Well, no. yeah, but, you know. Not steroid-related at all. He's just scumbag. He had a great first How good was McGuire's career? Was it 500 home run hitter, but that's about it. I mean, that's usually the 500 home runs was a lock for the Hall of Fame, man. Right, right. Um, I don't know. That and that alone doesn't do much for me. I mean, like Hank Aaron was not a good outfielder. Uh, Rest in peace, Hank Aaron. Uh, But (laughs) just fucking too soon, man. Can we talk about his real stats later? I mean, but give the man some time. The guy averaged like 40 home runs a year. That's pretty amazing in an era. Oh you know, I mean, he's Mash. just swinging a club. Oh yeah, I think his, I think his, isn't his baseball no. bat like just insanely mess? <laughs> I know that sounds like a euphemism or something, but like Babe Ruth swung like a 36 inch bat that was it weighed like 40 ounces or something or 42 <laughs> ounces. Yeah, I mean, if you can get that thing around. Hit a hit a ball a fucking mile. I think uh, Hank Aaron had a very like similar uh, similar weapon at the plate. I mean, I don't know what Walter Johnson clocked at, you know, or what kind of smoke uh, Babe Ruth. Oh was man, using, but... <laughs> right. <laughs> you are fake yeah, but they were also. I mean, oh man, yeah, back polo grounds. The the, the balls were different too, or like partially filled with sand, or they, they weren't wound very tight. You got some guy like doing some weird. <laughs> Fucking toss. I, I don't know. It just feels like it's a hard environment to home run in anyways. Was didn't Babe Ruth he was uh was that during the dead ball era as well? Like he was hitting home runs or is the dead ball era defined strictly? No, he ball? ended it. Yeah, he's defined it. Well speaking yeah, of ended. sand, uh I sold my car the other day. That reminds me of my car because I had a big bag of sand in the back of it when I sold it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fucking disaster. Do you have a car or did you uh did you give up a car? Are you car? Yeah, I had my old Honda Civic um not Civic, sorry, Honda Accord. I sold this guy drove from Holland like three hours, and we'd agreed upon price and everything. It's got two hundred ninety thousand miles. It's old. He shows up before he shows up. I get there. It's at my mom's house, and it won't start <laughs> and it won't open. Oh man, I can't get in it because it had been like uh, <laughs> off for just, too long, so the battery died. Winter, it. yeah, sure. Get tad too cold. There's tad no cold way to outside. unlock it with a key. You have to use the phone. Out. It was oh, fucking. God. So I'm, I'm like, shit. This guy's coming any minute now, and he's gonna think I'm a scumbag because the car doesn't work. He drove all the way from Holland with his wife and his kid, and he doesn't speak Good any Lord. English when he gets there. Uh, he's, you know, his wife Wait, like, translates for him. It was just this bizarre incident. So the next <laughs> two and a half hours, we're trying to get into my car that I'm trying to sell him, and I'm, me and him working together on this. We can't communicate. We're just doing. It was very, very fascinating experience. I will. Two say. Two and a half hours. Uh, 
working through something like that with somebody uh, whose language you do not speak, that that had to be an eternity. Did he? Yeah, and he bought it. He's, so we wow. we tried to get in with the clothes hanger. We tried to get in every other way. Uh, he it was, was okay kind with of. This? He's okay with like, yeah, all right, let's let's like grab a clothes hanger. This is yes. uh, yeah, we're gonna get this. This guy was dedicated as fuck to get this. Car, He's like, I man. drove all the way from fucking Holland. I am. Yeah, there was such a big car. deal this drive. Like, I drive three hours. I told you guys, I drove what like twelve hours for drugs. I guess it depends how bad you want something. You'll come back, but he <laughs> he didn't want to come back apparently. But he's addicted would, to a good deal. Yes, yes. You click on the fat on the fob button to unlock it, and you could kind of hear it wanting to unlock, but it just wasn't enough juice. Nor for the trunk button that was also on the fob, it kind of wanted to click, but it wouldn't. So after two and a half hours trying to get the goddamn car, he started pushing on the on the back of the trunk and clicking it, and it finally popped open, and that's where the bag of sand was revealed, which I wanted to get rid of before he showed up. <laughs> so it was all over the back, too. It just looked like shit. It's like, why would what, anyone what, buy this car? What'd you get for it? Uh, well, I bag recently sand, tried to sell it for... I started at 2700 on the Facebook Marketplace and got down to 2200 and he finally was going to buy it for seventeen. Yeah, but after, the, after that, after that two and a half hours. Yeah, after that I felt bad for him. Hours, he was fucking. I felt like yeah, I felt like a dick, clock. and ended up selling it for fourteen hundred. There's a great episode of Third Rock from the Sun, if you remember that amazing show, where John Lithgow takes a stack of dollar bills and he's at a restaurant. He's trying to figure out how tipping works, and he puts the stack of dollar bills on the table, so that when the server comes over, <laughs> and she makes a mistake, he takes a dollar off. And show, like, make sure she notices. Takes a dollar away, puts it in his pocket. Every time she makes a mistake, he takes another dollar. That's fucking that's, dropkick his ass. That's two. And a, that's <laughs> yeah. that's what your two and a half hours of like working with this guy in the winter. He was just like, oh, I, I'm fucking taking this dude for a ride. I'm the guy who, in a manner of speaking, I'm the guy who begrudgingly over tips even when getting the worst possible service. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I just, I just do it. I just assume that like if if you're bad at serving, like you're just a fucking idiot. So you deserve whatever, whatever like two extra dollars I can give you. Yeah, that's the, to, the to round out fifteen percent, twenty percent. I'm not, I'm not eating at places where twenty percent makes a huge difference compared to fifteen. I mean, we are like usually talking fifty cents or a couple of bucks. So I'm okay with it. Yeah, sometimes end, you want to be principled uh, about it. So dumb, but yeah, fuck that. Right. This will send a this will send a message. That's the problem. You think it's going to send a fucking message, but now nah, anybody well, working I, in I that sent a industry, that guy with the car. So, but yeah, he still bought it. And after message. even after we got in, uh, it wouldn't start. We were charging it with the cables for a half hour, and it finally turned over. And and boy. Boy, did he, he drive didn't. that back to Holland? Yeah, he drove. It works. The car works once, when it, once, it should have started. Once fired up, yeah. I, you're reminding me. I got to go start my uh, 2002 Honda Civic. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's been idle for a while here. Don't yeah, man. That's. Uh, I, I start diamond every single day. I have to, otherwise she'll she'll die. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Kristen. Kristen's car is is not old, but we had to. So she noticed that the radio, like the radio wasn't working and things were like the computer was like shutting on and off, like the console, all the console stuff and took it to the dealership. And they were like, uh, yeah, well, you need to drive this because that's how it stays like calibrated. So by, by leaving it in the driveway for like two and a half weeks without driving it one time. Yeah, that does. That has a huge 
uh, impact apparently. This so drove it around shit. and uh, it's worked perfectly ever since. So what kind of car? Hot, hot life hack tip there for everybody. Uh, it's uh, it's a cruise, 2013. Yeah, what you had? Wait, you you still have the cruise, right? Yeah, no, I tur- I turned it in, and then I got I got a new car. I got a Chevy Trax. Get an M3 BMW. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, with the tracks, I, huh? That's very practical. It is very practical. Choice. I mean, it was like the deal. It's just I got, I got enough. Like, it fits just enough sporting equipment to like go to softball. Yeah, uh, you know, it, to get, it, it's big enough to just get shittier gas mileage than the cruise. You, know? <laughs> you say, "I got a good deal. Come on down to uh, Matthew Hargrave Chevrolet." That's- <laughs> yeah, uh, but I don't know, man. I felt I should have. I should have like waited. I feel like I should have bought an electric vehicle or a fucking Volt or something. I don't know. I don't see how anyone's affording that. If you're, if you get a good deal on a tracks, just just keep doing it. Eventually, according to GM, eventually all vehicles are going to be electric, so we won't have to even consider oh. uh, upgrading yeah, as right. or electric vehicle as like you are fake upgrade in any way whatsoever. It'll just well, be the norm. That's why. And that's, that's why I was thinking my car has no resale value now. You know. <laughs> If that gas guzzling cruise that you had, <laughs> that gas. No, no, the cruise, the cruise was good. Um, yeah. No, the uh, the uh, tracks. Yeah, yeah. Well, it doesn't, but it's not going to need to. You just drive that thing into the fucking dirt. Well, that's the idea for sure. Yeah, yeah, dude. I those things will get uh, the way they make engines now. Come on, if you're driving, that would be two hundred, three hundred thousand miles. That thing will get on it. What do you think about this GM announcement? Uh, you know, electric vehicles by 2030. Uh, you mean the commercial by uh, with Will Ferrell in it? I, I don't oh, pay attention. Yeah. I don't pay attention to actual business. I just pay attention <laughs> to what's on Twitter. The, the commercial was, was funny. pretty funny. Yeah, it was good. It was good. I can't believe they got Will Ferrell. That's that's pretty impressive. Uh, but I think I think the the idea is is great. I just think I don't I don't know what the the will is. You know, I mean, political will, economic will, those things are fairly conflated. Uh, to the point where it's difficult to say. I mean, every I have no idea what you guys are talking about. We're talking about the the pledge commercial to the pledge to go all electric, um, zero emissions. It's it's basically called the zero emissions pledge for GM. It's a commercial, and yeah, well, well, there's, yeah there's a commercial okay. supporting this, and it's got Will Ferrell in it and Keenan Thompson wow. and uh, somebody yeah. else. Uh, it has uh, Aquafina, his Aquafina in it. Um, you know, it's, it's like, it's got a a ton of, it's got a ton of stars, I guess. And, and honestly, it's a, it's a great campaign. I just would like to see that be a reality. You know I mean? What are you supposed to do? Go like, you can't fight against it anymore. It doesn't actually make any sense at this point. It only makes sense to push for what you think might be possible 10 years from now. And what you know uh, normatively should be the case, which is that we shouldn't have these fucking, uh, you know, coal burning, fucking gas guzzling pieces of shit out there. Things should be fucking electric because we can do it. We've got the infrastructure to do it. They're building it out. All these companies are essentially, you know, building these infrastructures for like charging stations and all that. So absolutely no reason to ever want to go to a gas station again. Unless you got to play the lotto. I get that. (laughs) Or, you know, you got that one nice guy in the corner that sells you a Lucy every once in a while. 
or the guy that sells or, or, or an, an e-cigarette go you yeah he's gotta go electric yeah. or, or a or a sweet e-cig <laughs> sounds lovely uh but yeah I, I think it's a good idea you know i i think obviously i would love to see it be a reality and not susceptible to what happens every four years in this country. I, I think that is actually like one of the biggest problems they get is like these pledges were in place, you know, prior to Trump. Then there was like pushback against people like Mary Barra, um, who I think I think no, is a no, fairly no, good no, faith no, actor. No, 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 no. Yeah, I think they're. I mean, they're seeing the reality of like Tesla being valued you know, way higher than, than any of the other, uh, well, not even the big three, the Detroit three as they're called now. Um, oh shit. Wait, 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 wait. We didn't even get a chance to talk about, cause we didn't do the show last week. All the wall street bets shit and stuff. Oh yeah. I this is related, I guess, you know? Yeah. Musk. Let me, hold, let me get a, let me get a quick comment in on, on the GM thing. Please do. Take before we jump into that, because I, I would love to talk about that too, but so do you know how they, they keep their, uh, they keep their, I don't know if it's certification. I, I forget what the hell the, the the actual thing is, but basically to stay under the emissions uh, emissions requirements, it works on a credit system and credits get doled out. A certain number of credits get doled out. I, I wouldn't even know how to like really put it into, you know, numbers, but let's just say a thousand credits get issued Tesla because Tesla is all electric is going to be able to accommodate or absorb those credits. Most of them, you know, let's say they can absorb 800 credits. GM is saying, okay, we have all these vehicles, GM, Ford, Chrysler. I mean, everybody, everybody else also in, in the U S has a certain number of vehicles and they don't, when they don't meet these emission requirements, they buy these credits off of Tesla. So basically what they're, what they're buying is a representation of, that uh you know of meeting that meeting that actual guideline so they buy let's say they buy 100 credits off of tesla now all of a sudden they go up so they can say oh we we have x number of vehicles that you know meet the guidelines on these new emissions regulations but they they buy the credits from companies that don't need them tesla doesn't need these credits and i have not spent enough time like digging through this, but uh, this was something I read a while back. I really wanted to bring it up back then, but so now you're getting the kind of shitty version of my memory, uh, kind of putting the pieces together. Is it cap and trade? Is that the concept you're talking about? Like you it, cap emissions and then you can trade credits to other people to pollute? Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Ca yeah, cap and trade, cap and trade. Uh, that's, I guess, uh, that's so funny that, yeah, I read that and not even, it didn't even really fucking dawn on me that that's been a thing for a long time, but yeah. Because Tesla gets so many, there was a story that, you know, giant car companies were buying tons of these credits from uh, Tesla. And they were, you know, obviously, I guess they're, that makes them investors in Tesla in a way, doesn't it? So it's weird. Are, are we, uh, you know, it's, it's everything, this, you know, we're, we're getting into the stock market, speculative nature of the stock market and the fact that. Musk is like now the richest man in the world. Is that true? Um, no fucking idea. I think he is. I think uh, because of the valuation of Tesla and and uh, some of his other properties. Uh, but you know, it's not really based on 
earnings. It's based on maybe earning potential because like Tesla doesn't sell that many vehicles comparatively to like General yep. Motors, Ford, Volkswagen, whatever. I, I, heard that <laughs> I heard somewhere that their waiting list is like years long. Though. I mean, that's that's fuck, that's just crazy. Yeah, uh, but again, less for a Tesla. Really? But, you know, wait years for a Tesla? I think so. I they're they're pure status symbols. Dude, I, I don't I don't have the I don't have the ability, energy, or wherewithal to <laughs> look that up in in a way that's efficient enough for this pod. You guys ever ridden in one? Uh, I've seen one, and that was just as cool. <laughs> I got picked up in a Tesla Uber once. Really? Yeah. And the guy, like, I could tell he was just like rock hard talking about his Tesla. He was, nah, he was so for days. He's like, I'm, just, I'm driving Lyft. I'm driving Lyft just so I can talk Tesla. Did you? Did you not? Oh yeah, I want, I want you to touch the touch screen. I want you to. I want yeah, you to play he, around with the features. Was he? Tu- was he touching it with his hard member? There was a member. There was a member print on the screen. Yeah, it was just uh, actually the, the thing that did stick out to me. Upside not, down heart. Not, not his thing. But the thing that did stick out to me was this, the display is fucking huge on a Tesla. Like the yeah. monitor is like, I mean, bigger than my computer screen, you know, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the new, it's the new like compensatory ego thing. You know, it's like the guy that buys the giant truck, you know, now we're at this time he's buying the car with the giant monitor. It's just, it just doesn't have the same flair as like a, a lifted, you know, lifted F-150 or a lifted Raptor painted in gold that says vote Trump with big truck nuts hanging off the back. <laughs> that tells people who's the real man on the road. That's right. Uh, well, those, those goofy little Teslas, boy, I don't know. Back to That's, the GM ad. Like like my buddy, I sent in the text. My buddy said, it's like, it's so spot on the tone of this ad because it just plays into like our chauvinistic <laughs> attitude. <laughs> you know, we just like, we got to yes. beat Denmark. We got to beat their ass. And, uh, you know, yeah, but it, yeah. it does, I will I'll give it some credit. It, it does. It plays with that theme pretty well. Oh, that's why it's brilliant. Yeah. It, it does just automatically. Cause Will Ferrell is the perfect fucking embodiment of that exact impulse. You know, <laughs> just that the look on his face is always, the look on his face is just sarcastic. I don't know what it is. It's like, no matter what he looks at, it just looks like he is sarcastically looking sarcastically talking, sarcastically looking, everything he does uh, basically inverts the meaning of whatever he's saying. <laughs> incredibly confident, but incredibly underinformed. <laughs> yeah. Well, even when he's in, even when he's in interviews and he's talking about his kids or it's a completely inane conversation, it's like, is he, it just feels like it's always a character. I mean, I guess that's talent. I mean, I love that. I, I think he's, utterly fucking hilarious uh it always makes me laugh no matter how bad no matter how bad whatever it is he's in it makes me laugh my ass up you seen but, daddy's uh, home yeah. yes a terrible oh movie but i still oh, laugh no. it's it's fantastic and daddy's home 2 was really funny did you see that the the best part of daddy's home 2 is when uh uh oh shit what's his face the wrestler Walbert? no no yeah. the wrestler uh oh what, come on what is uh, Mickey york name? Your no, 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 not the god damn it, not the wrestler. Oh, got the neighbor. Okay, chill out. Hold on, <laughs> we're gonna figure this out. 
I haven't uh, seen this GM ad, by the way. John Cena. It's John Cena. Okay. Oh. It's John Cena. It's when John Cena, John Cena, like, gets out. I don't know if it's at the end of the movie or the beginning, but he gets out and he, like, pats Mark Wahlberg on the head or whatever to make him feel, you know, emasculated and effeminate. The same way that Mark Wahlberg did to Will Ferrell. But that is, that's, it's hilarious. It's a, it's a small little bit. And uh, the point is probably terrible. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking joke is terrible. Okay. Thanks, Mike. I like when. Well, that's uh, funny. I like when uh, John Lithgow and Will Ferrell kiss each other on the mouth. Oh, <laughs> yeah! I watched Santa Claus Gibson, the movie Gibson's a couple like weeks my back. My favorite canceled answer actor. Uh, Wait, I, I who's I your favorite canceled Mel actor? Gibson. I love Mel. I just oh hell yeah! <laughs> He's not canceled <laughs> anymore. He's been forgiven. Is he? Uh, absolution. He received. He just yeah. some. <laughs> It was some run run of the mill anti semitism. I feel like you can you clean oh up God. clean up the counter. All you got to do is disinfect the counter. You get that. <laughs> He's an alcoholic. Got have you heard those? Have you heard those? Uh, Actually, calls? yes. Oh, of course. To his wife. Oh, at the they're time, yeah, they're they are the craziest shit incredible. I've ever heard. <laughs> and that <laughs> green thing. <laughs> yeah, oh my I'm God. done to death on Drew and Mike. It's funny. Yeah, very funny though. Uh, uh, <laughs> You make me want to smoke. <laughs> <laughs> That's a line that he says. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. you gotta we you gotta treat yourself to him. Al Gibson uh, abusive phone call later. <laughs> <laughs> oddly funny. It is very, very strange, but true. Uh, he goes. But, yeah, he goes in. Yeah, he does. Yeah, I remember. He goes insanely ape shit. He sounds like he's possessed on those fucking calls. And it's real though. It's real shit. Oh, it's oh, totally yeah. real. But he's oh, it is totally so real. real. I wonder. I, mean, I wonder if he was blackout drunk, and I wonder if he did that, and then he woke up, and he was. I wonder if he was legitimately surprised of what he said. If he was like, "Oh God, I would never say anything like this." I mean, or if he's no, like, well, "Damn it, I shouldn't get." There's drunk two anymore. things. There's the phone call, and then there's when he got arrested by the cops. The one where he got arrested, he's definitely drunk, and that's yeah. where he said a lot of the racist shit. The phone call, he might be soberly just very bitter and angry. That's that's another story. <laughs> Sober and sober and bitter. Yeah, sober and oh, bitter. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely. like a, a awful relationship. And That's he a powder feels, keg. Know. That's a powder keg. You find I mean, if he's drunk, sober and bitter, which is everybody like in this country so, right now. He's like eloquently angry. I mean, he's just his <laughs> his he's like he's so angry, but he's just like I don't know. The sentences he puts together are just amazing. <laughs> yeah, seems <laughs> kind of lucid, actually. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but it's it is definitely like the word choice, you know, the direct objects, all the things in grammar that you you're supposed to pay attention to. He just <laughs> he just goes completely jazz on it. He just bebopping and scatting when he's calling. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm always talking about Drew and Mike, but the drops of like, there's one where he, he's like, "Who cares?" He just says, <laughs> he says, "Who cares?" And it's like the funniest like. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've always, right. I've always wanted to see the Passion of the Christ. Yeah, I've never seen oh, it. Uh, Anyone I, So I, w- I went to kind uh, of a masterpiece. Uh, like you know, kind of. My se- it came out my senior year uh, when I was in Catholic high school, and like somebody paid for us to go see that movie. <laughs> you believe senior that? <laughs> I do. Uh, I, I do because there were a ton of uh, religious organizations or churches, whatever groups that that did that. They were taking people on fucking field trips and yeah, I mean that, that's, that's fine. But during that, that like window of like five years, 
Uh, Mel Gibson also did Apocalypto. I saw that at like a, it was my first year of college and there was like a screening at, you know, like one of those, like you ever go, like when you were in college, you ever go to like those campus screenings that were like come out a week early. Mm-hmm. They would like, yeah. I saw team America. Like Sadly, when- our college did none of, none of that type of thing. Uh, I, I don't, I don't I'm recall. Sure there was, you just, well, we you were at Eastern, Eastern Michigan. Yeah. Eastern Michigan is like a community college. So, oh, Eastern. Yeah. That's a different place. Well, yeah. uh, it's a different place. Well, yes, exactly. <laughs> I went and saw Apocalypto and like people were like laughing out loud at this movie. I mean, they were like cracking up. Oh, it was shit. really weird. <laughs> so that, that would be weird to me because I, I do. I, I feel like that movie is a, a bona fide uh, fucking masterpiece. I had never seen a, a movie Bonafide. like it. I had never seen a movie like it. It absolutely has a stamp as an auteur. Uh, whether you put any credence in that or, or not, it doesn't really or matter. The credence. The I just remember the last entire scene. film was the entire film was also it's done a chase in movie, right? Mayan. It was yeah, like using in, indigenous people's language. Think about think about the kind of person that Mel Gibson is and the the, the perception of him as, as being some form of a Christian bigot who then goes and I think it's I think movie. it's a reality. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, yeah. Perception is it's perception is still reality. You know, reality is that, that either way, it well, doesn't matter. He still made when you talk about the Jews the way Mel Gibson does, I'll call him a bit. Oh, I will. He's a fucking bigot, bigot for sure. He's a fucking bigot. But he did he did make a movie that had uh, people are obsessed with fucking representation, right? What's going on? Mel's mad at you. He's mad at me. See, this is a guy that had a bad day, man. He, he woke up. He woke up. He thought things were cool. And uh, then, you know, he caught wind of whatever. Yeah, see, no one supports him. I'd be upset, too. What am I? What did he just say? Okay. I'm forgetting actually at this point what he did to this woman. Uh, that like I can't it's remember if it was just I can't I can't remember if it was just an angry phone call or if like he there was some real shit that it, clearly some real shit has gone down. Okay, either way, this is uh, maybe it takes a maybe it takes a strident bigot bigot to make a movie that actually has like indigenous peoples represented in a film with their own language and culture. That does not happen with anybody else and he's the only one he's got the balls to be a fucking psycho and get canceled all over the world like he he's an insane person and that insanity is probably helpful to him when he's making a film honestly i i thought apocalypto was was fucking insane i i should rewatch it yeah uh, i yeah, do I remember this as it came out the, the ending honestly, was a little comical where like 
but it's like the whole movie is like a chase. Well, it's right? ultra. It's, it's ultra. Like, yeah, it's ultra violent, and it's incredible. It's like incredibly care. Like it's a caricature of like just like Hacksaw Ridge was. It's so violent, so gory. But I loved it though. I did like the guy it. like makes it to the coast, and then like the Spanish Armada is out on the fucking water, right? Like the they're they're coming to. Yeah, they're coming to they're they're coming to actually inflict the real violence and destroy like yeah. This guy is running from he's running from one uh society trying to survive only to run into uh colonialism. Like that's that I don't know, man. This is that's uh that's great. And I actually just didn't expect it from him at all. I didn't think that that is part of it. But Mel Gibson also did a movie about uh Vietnam, right? Was it called We Were Soldiers? Is that the one that he directed? Or was Maybe it uh, Ridge? What, what, Mike, what was that called? Hacksaw Ridge. Ridge. What is it? Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge. Is that Hacksaw the war movie? Hacksaw Ridge. About the guy who was a pacifist who wouldn't carry a gun. He was a medic in World War II. It's a true story. World War II. There's one about Vietnam, too, I think he did, called We Were Soldiers. Anyways, my my uh, neighbor who's a Vietnam vet said of all the movies he's seen in his life, uh, all the war movies he's seen, he said the Mel Gibson, we were soldiers was the most accurate depiction of military life that he's seen on screen, mm-hmm. which I think says a lot, you know, whatever psychos have talent, you know, I still love oh, yeah, the movies. Uh, Woody <laughs> Allen is, uh, ob- obviously whatever, uh, Borderline pervert. I mean, still, any one of them, man. Still love his movies. Herzog, total psycho. Uh, well, well, hold on, hold on. Yeah, Herzog is a total psycho, but he's a, he's a he's a non-dangerous psycho. Well, to most people, I think somebody did die in one of his movies, but yeah, he's a I mostly mean, he, non-dangerous he psycho. Enslaved a group of native people to make them pull a boat over a mountain. He he offered him an opportunity. He offered him an opportunity <laughs> to and be a he part paid, of cinematic greatness. I will paid, immortalize uh, you in the film. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you must pull the boat up over the mountain. You must serve this man's mania, which in turn is my mania. I mean, I don't know. Did did he elevate them? He turned them into engineers. They were they had all sorts of pulley systems and shit going. They they did the whole thing. Could they have done that without? Werner Herzog? I don't know. Probably not. Mm. People in Latin America don't know how to build pulleys. Apparently they were... Uh, they. The, <laughs> I just think that they weren't stupid enough is, to try what they all that was trying to do. Um, but yeah, the natives like... Uh, did you see My Best Fiend? Of course. Uh, where uh, they're like, they're offered to kill Kinski for him. Like, yes. <laughs> One of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. I, just that the the mutual respect that they had for each other, and the yeah them actually offering <laughs> to, to murder Klaus Kinski. There's that yeah, one I scene mean, where he's like on the deck of the boat, and the natives are like coming up to him, they're like yelling at him, and he's like just sitting there in the dark, like looking insane. Um, he didn't have to try that hard to look insane either. No. Uh, I don't know how much time we got before uh, before maybe we touch on the Wall Street bets. There is the best story ever between uh, Herzog and Kinski and that they were both plotting each other's murder 
at the same time from different locations and they basically went to each other's houses uh this is this is the ted williams can see a red dot on a curveball uh, yeah from a mile away story i choose to believe this i do not want this corrected uh it's the greatest story i ever heard it's actually uh, there is one other but it's what uh what herzog would call the ecstatic truth it's not the accountant's truth but it's the yeah. ecstatic truth Exactly. And and maybe he's doing that in his own life too, which is just makes him even greater. Mm. Fucking genius. Well, so genius. Mike, you, you, Mike, how do you feel about uh first of all, I heard Bitcoin uh had a had a little fun last week or two weeks ago when this Wall Street bet shit hit. But what's going on? Are are the people taking over? People taking over the uh, the financial markets. No, they tried to. But does, does this feel does this just feel silly? It was a brief, just a moment in time, a flash, a bang, bye bye. It all got shut down. Robinhood shut it down. Webull shut it down, and Webull yep. is a secondary thing to Robinhood. That's because Robinhood didn't have money to cover it. Mm. <laughs> I mean, like there was like. Oh, they did have money to cover it. They just didn't want to. I don't. They're think owned so. by the companies that were going to lose on oh. the shorts, right? So it's just a yeah. convoluted mess. Robinhood was never what what it what people thought it was. I guess exactly. is my point. None none of these none of these like apps or tools are, you know, they're not designed to democratize the financial markets. That's well, not now how they it's work. going off the the rails because now it's a Russian like bots and Russian intel agents are the ones who are truly behind Wall Street bets. People just they start it just goes into all these mirages and headlines of confusion that. Ends up leaving people saying, "Well, what's for dinner?" Yeah, our entire <laughs> lives right now are goddamn like simulacrum of of you know union. We don't see anybody anymore. Everything is digitally interpolated, so we get there. There is no, there's nothing like fucking corporal anymore, corporeal. And yeah, I, whatever. It's like Russian bots. It's somebody you know down the street i guess what the fuck difference does it make so like the material <laughs> impact is a thing i suppose you can Terrible. you can look to but there's there's nothing there i mean obviously the the markets and these companies react exactly the way they would react in any other type of situation if How they dare you people down from taking away profits that they can get they're going to do that and that's what they did you, there's nothing surprising you. about the way that worked out i thought for a minute i was like you know i'm going to buy a couple of couple of shares and cash out real quick i'm glad i didn't do that because you know the whole thing is such a goddamn mess i i don't even know what would happen so well it's obviously know, a joke did anyone actually think that gamestop was a good investment or was this just totally uh oh here we go the, ne ne the neoliberal point of view <laughs> <laughs> i mean no i'm serious did anyone actually think that's a joke. that that GameStop was going to be a good no. thing down the line. No, no, no they did. The guy what, no, from no, no, Chewy.com is now running GameStop, <laughs> and they have hopes that some people actually thought that that guy knew what he was doing because he was so successful with Chewy.com. What is so Chewy. successful with selling pet supplies that they right, thought but he it's not that. It. Don't GameStop? look at the surface, doofus. Come on. It's the style and it's the method of <laughs> the streaming it to the online world as opposed to a physical world. So. But I mean, isn't, I mean, games are just made i mean that's against the trend of everything i mean blockbuster didn't become netflix netflix just right, took over blockbuster saying. well I, well gonna... so sony right now has got like 
record profits of the pandemic because they produce video games and can sell them to you directly. Blockbuster didn't become Netflix, but it did. It, I mean, it just wasn't Blockbuster that did it. So the goal here is to have GameStop be the one that can make it be Netflix without losing. They're hoping that they can transition the whole market to online. I, I just can't think of an example where a physical retailer Here's a little example, in that just direction. a little sample. I could just kill a man! Like, can, can you think of a, of a store where it started out only as a store that you visited and shopped at and then became an online retailer? With the exception of maybe Walmart, which was a majorly capitalized corporation with one of the largest workforces in the country and tremendous resources. I really can't. Hmm. Are you, what's the actual question here? I mean, it's, was GameStop a good investment or was it just kind of a troll? Hell no. It was a complete fuck. Well, it wasn't just a troll. It was, um, it was, uh, regardless of how you actually, you know, measure the measure the rightness or wrongness of it i mean it was a was a group of people lashing out at a ruling elite that you know they feel has uh, manipulated and taken advantage of the markets for years it also had plenty of you know speculating assholes uh who were taking advantage of the entire situation as well so but the people who jumped on board like the little guys you know the people who you know, day trader types or just random people that caught wind of it on Reddit and opened an account that day. Yeah, they it's it was just a matter of like, shit, I can make a little money. Uh, the other half of that coin is and, you know, say fuck you to hedge funds. But that's only because nobody has any financial literacy at all in this country. I, uh-huh. like, I really don't either. Like, you know, we've talked about this before. So I I am not talking shit or talking down to people who act like that. I think it makes sense because that was my first reaction too. It's like, well, these rich fucks, can I make a little money, please? That would be great because every other day of my life feels like, you know, torture. Well, I I have no problem with a hedge fund failing. I understand. Unless, unless it somehow affects my, you know, my like 401 that I want to make, I want to make like 6% every year you know that's that's the <laughs> other thing it's like you know all of our all of our you guys gonna keep recording i gotta invested. go i have to leave sorry you guys keep recording though yeah we're gonna keep going i'll just edit this up do you mind all right, all right. party on Thanks, Mike. party on Later. party on Wayne. yeah so i don't know <gasps> Shit, not that no <laughs> i almost ended the recording i leave the studio <laughs> keep the recording bye have fun guys bye <laughs> bye uh yeah the the hell we're saying uh, yeah, I, was I, gonna say, I, I just want to get my like six percent a year return you know it'd be great right that okay yeah so all, all 401ks are like invested i don't know the the financial your, your bargain, risk is spread your risk is spread, spread out right? yeah so if some dumb shit like this does happen you as an individual might say like oh i made uh, i made two hundred dollars on like five shares of gamestop but does that somehow impact the way your 401k is now invested by somebody who does know the markets, who does not share your opinion? And I think, yeah, I think you you have to be careful because when you when you kick, system kicks back. And if you're playing in that game and you think that that's a win, uh, fine. But it is it has been completely contained, and it got contained real fucking fast. 
and people are going to talk shit and they're going to be worried and all that, but it's not going to change anything. They contain the, they contain the problem. They prevented trading on those stocks. They will be watching all references to this stuff now in a different way, but it's not really going to change much. If it had succeeded, it may have fucked up our 401ks. That's kind of my point. Right, is that, right. Is that they would have created me. enough volatility that it would have made an impact. And that and, would not have been good, I don't think. And Robinhood, by not charging any fees, they create a frictionless experience, which makes it way too easy. I mean, I think you've got to charge a little fee here. Well, what they do, what they do is they don't charge fees, but they collect your data. So when you set when you set up an account, it is every piece of information that you've got to identify you, and you have to include uh, copies of your IDs or passport to prove you're a citizen. So that data is being sold. Not only is that data being sold, but your activity on their sites is being sold. So the broader financial market is able to completely monitor and observe the small trades. Uh, the the bad money trades uh, that are happening by your you know day your daytime trader or whatever so all the bad bets are out there so these that data is is constantly being uh, just pipelined into into the like the good money market yeah so yeah I I just to me it seemed like an immediate it seemed like the fucking uh, tulip the tulip craze. Uh, exactly, like tulip mania, thirty-seven or whatever. <laughs> tulip mania, yeah. And I just kept calling it tulip mania. Nobody picked up on it uh, in my work chat, but I was like, "I love that." This the fucking whole economy is based. It's like if it's like if tulips if tulips are game GameStop, it's as if you knew tulips were not a good investment. But the only reason that economy fucking totally collapsed. Well, first of all, it's one commodity that is being leveraged, like overextended. But people thought it had value. That was like good faith. I'm sure there's a lot of bad faith actors, but a lot of good faith investors. With GameStop, clearly, it's it's obviously a it's obviously a bad faith act. It's an attempt to either gain money or teach a lesson or just be like an anarchic, uh, you know, fucko that just tries to like stir up chaos. I feel like that's more of Reddit's thing. I think Reddit's yeah. thing is like, you know, directionless chaos. And and I guess I, while, it, while it's a really intriguing story and it's a totally, I don't know, novel thing and fun to follow, I'm just like not that anarcho strain. Like I, I kind of, like I, part of me wants to root for certain interests to fail, but then I'm like, what does that actually get me? <laughs> Nothing. Like, I don't know. We should, I, I don't think we should be making decisions based on like, like out of malice or hatred financial decisions, you know? Uh, yeah. To what, to what end? I mean, look at this, uh, look at this arc here. So what now it's that. So now it's down to basically being what an 18% increase from where it was before it exploded or something which is a great return which if, you bought, great re- if yeah. you bought then but a lot of people are caught holding the bag i'm sure like a lot of joe schmo investors probably bought it at 180 bucks you know sure well which is stupid I, bad on them but yeah i mean yeah, that's, that's, that's this is 
this is yeah it's it's speculative but most of it is it's gambling it's uh you know like i have been just you know tossing ten dollar bills on basketball games it seems like the same thing to me it's you don't fucking know like no one really knows what that which way the wind blows I think you actually have better information or like increasingly we have better information on sports. Yeah, but it's hard to tell. I mean, if you are, well, can you short a bet on in sports? You know, you can hedge. I guess, I guess in a way you can hedge your bet. Yeah. But the, the financial mechanisms involved in the, in wall street and stock market and all that are, are deliberately fucking opaque. They're so difficult to, understand you can understand him but you can't fucking manipulate him <laughs> i mean you can a little bit but you're gonna get that shit shut down which is exactly what happened it's a losing battle it's totally fucking futile well yeah when the rules when when the rules of engagement change that's the kind of shit that really traps my ass when it's like oh shit we we didn't see that coming so now we're just gonna you know, now what wasn't there like a lock on trading GameStop stock five days ago or something? It's yep. like through, through yeah. Robinhood. I mean, it literally lasted two weeks, and then all those day trading apps shut. Like it, they were forced to shut it down. I'm sure they shut it down willingly, but yeah, there basically there was like a informal injunction to stop those trades. They allowed you to sell it, but they wouldn't allow you to buy it. So then it started to trickle out. And then so anybody that bought when it was kind of like mid-high or whatever, they got fucking ripped. Because the stock market just can't. I mean, it's too big to fail, right? Like we can't. It can't fail again. That's what. Yeah. <laughs> we no one, Like no one wants it to fail. So ultimately those who hold the key dictate the terms. Yeah, and I, I think that's the kind of source of any anxiety I might have about you know my four hundred one k or something is that you know there's there's still a, there's still I've got a sense you know I still have this uh, weird reflex where I cannot let go of the the system you know I've been indoctrinated just like everybody else but you know when I look at when I look at things like political power you know political power comes from you know finance it comes from it comes from big money and when it comes from these sources i mean it's easy to to just see it all as being entirely pervasive and there's no way out and so i am that kind of person where i almost feel like you know you you're never going to win in these like financial games it's not how it works if you want to win in it you got to buy into it and you got to completely get you you have to get a job in wall street and you got to uh go in both feet first. That's how, that's how you have any chance whatsoever, you know, day trading, all that. Not, it's just not a thing. Little guys can't do shit. And then, you know, my 401k, I don't control that. That's controlled by my company. So it's fucking no, sucks, no idea. No. It's, it's just, it's a, it's the most powerless you'll ever feel. That's yeah. And that's where the, that's where my claws come out and the cynicism starts to show like how the, how the hell do, how the hell do Luke and Scott and Matt and Mike, you know, just get one baby step ahead in this, in this game. Right. That's exactly right. You know, I think that is the kind of thing that, that that's the 
that is literally like what animates my, you know, political point of view is, yeah. is that, you know, there is there, the deck is stacked so hard against, uh, against everybody, you know, regular working people, whatever that, you know, just straight up gumption, hard work, whatever does not get you out of, does not get you out of a cycle of, you know, the cycle of poverty or, or maybe, you know, generational poverty or something like that, or even just, uh, you know, we all, we all live in a home. So we're extremely lucky as far as that goes, but you know, it comes to understanding, you know, understanding the forces that, that ex- actually exist and control our fucking lives. Yeah, we did. We we got no we got no fucking chance unless the system actually changes. And this is why I I don't agree with you know capitulating to demands from uh, Republicans. Just like I don't agree with capitulating to demands from you know centrist Democrats. Those are the things that those are the things that limit your expectations and make you feel uh, continuously like you've got no power. You'll never have any power, and all you can do is just sit back and take it. Yeah, I'm sick of it. I'm yeah, sick of that shit. Yeah, you're no. I mean, and I, I, I tend to agree. I mean, the thing that really chaps my ass more than anything are these sort of things that we're talking about, where the the person is always going to get steamrolled, and the corporation and big money and these politicians are always going to be in the front of the line. And that, you know, t- to ask, it's like to ask for a crumb is. Yep is often unreasonable. So why not just ask for the whole piece of pie? Because maybe, you know, like give, give me the whole pie because maybe then I'll get a little sliver as opposed mm-hmm. to just acquiescing to crumbs. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, if we don't, if we don't start kicking our heels up and asking for shit more than even yeah. more than what we think we deserve. then I, yeah, I don't think that, that's, make- Nail on the nail on the head. The 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 instant uh, reflex that most people have is to is to immediately think about uh, things in moral terms. So sure, ask ask for you know ask for a fifteen dollar minimum wage. Why fifteen? You know that shit is not only is that arbitrary, but and stuff was calculated years ago. The fact that there's a fight to get that, and then you know, if Democrats you somehow pass a fifteen dollar minimum wage, they're going to be patting themselves on the back for the next fucking eight years, and they'll never raise it again. Right now, the minimum wage, if it was tied to productivity, productivity gains, uh, going back to the eighties, pro- the minimum wage would be twenty five dollars, twenty four to twenty six dollars. That would be the automatic minimum wage if it was tied to productivity gains, which means like the profit you generate from your labor. The <laughs> capitalists have benefited from that. They've gotten, you know, an exponential amount of profit from the amount of labor they pay you for. But the workers have not seen the increase in their minimum wage, uh, you know, in what, 30 years or something. So, you know, so you've got something like minimum wage, which is fine that that's that's great that it's going to go up but it it already is way too fucking low even at $15 that that request but you see people uh trying to paint that as like a, some kind of unreasonable request it's not an unreasonable request this is how politics works politics is the it is like the, the dynamic uh contraposition between two mutually exclusive 
sets of values and it requires conflict in order to create change, in order to create some substantial type of reform or in order to create a revolution. Uh, this is why the unity narrative is absolutely, um, in my opinion, backwards and is what is it is an anti-political message that is going to force everybody to do what you just said, right? Take stock, uh, think about whether or not you deserve it, yada, yada, yada. They're going to force a bunch of means testing bullshit down our throats for years. We're not going to get anything out of this except some kind of token of, you know, like the minimum wage is going to be, again, it's going to be heralded as like, you know, a great thing, but it should be $25, not $15. And there's no way a Joe Biden would ever pass that. So the point I'm trying to make is that the debate, the demands need to be, they need to be great. The demands need to be excessive. They need to be the same kind of demands that you saw with like the fucking tea party or something, you know, mm -hmm. where all of a sudden they go, they go so far to the right. Look where we're at now. The, the tea party, what? 2008, 2000, uh, 2010 is when they fucking swept through Congress. Look at how far to the right this entire party has gone. You know, the democratic party is, uh, it's a Republican party now. If you look at it, I mean, the right-wing extremists are kind of like off the map in a weird way because it's almost like they got to a point where they hit the end of reality and then jumped into QAnon. So those people, yeah. are, they, they are now they are now off the edge of the flat earth. They're free falling out. <laughs> yeah, they've fallen off the edge of the flat earth. And then you have, uh, what, what is Matt talking about? Well, he's he's locked out because Mike has to let him in. Mike holds the key and has to let him into the. Hold on, yeah. Let me let me text Mike. But he he already. I guess he texted him. Um, do you? Yeah, yeah, you you know a minimum wage. You know a minimum wage is in the country right now, right? Without looking. Seven twenty five. I thought it could be wrong. Yep, seven twenty five. Do you know how many states in our union have a seven twenty five minimum wage? I don't know if we. I don't know if we talked about this. We have not 21 half, almost half of the states in our union have a 725 minimum wage in February, the year of our Lord, 2021, <laughs> seven, <laughs> 25, dude, like that. I mean, so that is, what is that? That's. What's the poverty? That's basically the poverty line. The poverty line is what? $13,000, $14,000 a year. That ends up being 14. That ends up being maybe a little bit shy of $15,000 a year pre-tax for a 40-hour work week. Yeah, Jesus fucking Christ. Could you? Yeah, 725, yeah, 725 is less than 15000 a year. Yep. Right, because you basically take your hourly. And you just double it. Double, you just double it, and it. that's your. If it's a forty-hour work week, you just double it. But so yeah. you're making fourteen, fourteen five a year, pre-tax, after-tax. It. It's eleven, eleven, eleven five. Like you're making, you're you're netting sub twelve thousand dollars. So that's sub yeah. sub a thousand dollars a month. Hmm. So what? So that's two hundred, and you're making. You're actually making two hundred and twenty-five dollars a week 
if you are working for minimum wage, which I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm sure that a lot of people are in these states aren't actually working for 725. But that that's just like, I don't know. That's just asinine. And you're right. To your point. Um, yeah. So we ask for $15 an hour. That's $30,000 a year. Mm-hmm. After after tax, that's 20, 24. Income tax is roughly 20%. So that's twenty four. So that's two thousand dollars a month. So that's what five, four hundred and eighty dollars a week. Yeah, you know, this is a great time for us to talk about all the things that Matt gets annoyed about because I think he can hear this, but he can't get into the conversation. So this, uh, yeah. So you know, our our, <laughs> our fucking. Yeah, our our fucking two party system is uh, it's one party, it's corporate party. That is the way it is, and you can play, you can try to play that game if you want, uh, but you are powerless. You will not ever affect any change, and uh, you're never gonna see any anything come out of these two fucking parties. The only the only light at the end of the tunnel that I have seen is Chuck Schumer has suddenly become less terrible. I don't, you know, it's a, it's amazing to me. Uh, you know, some people will say like, well, this is evidence of what happens when you actually play politics by the rules and you push somebody to the left using, you know, tactical, you know, kind of tactical, uh, approaches to politics in general. Maybe you threaten a primary or something, but you know, here we are. That's what Matt said. <laughs> here, Matt's shining here we- in, uh, <laughs> the, <attacks>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the primary from the left. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that is the thing it, that, that is the, the type of, uh, strong arm fucking game that needs to be implemented. And that's how you force these fucking morons to, you know, essentially, uh, bite the hand that feeds them even though you know they're all millionaires it's a it's a funny thing to me they're all millionaires yet they they still succumb to financial pressure from their donors uh it's complete it's a complete joke in my opinion but back to the minimum wage should be 25 dollars an hour and back to what politics uh represents is it does represent these it represents these conflicting interests and the the requests, the grievances, the asks need to be extreme. You have to make them extreme in order to push and force the movement to create momentum uh, to one one side or the other. So playing playing politics at this particular point, I mean, you have to think about things like uh, space and time. You know, we're, we're in just a it's a it's a weird time. Uh, if Bernie was president right now what would have happened uh, it's hard to say but it, we do know that there would be uh 50 grand a year is yeah okay so i'm not i'm not understanding matt's comments yeah, I mean, yeah. we're just gonna we're gonna ice him out completely <laughs> <laughs> he's staying active on the chat though uh, good for him yeah, yeah he's, been, good he's, for been, him. he's in fucking purgatory while it would be to, oh, all right, I'm gonna read his I'm gonna read his comment. Uh, Fifty grand a year is a lot of money. While it would be nice, I'd uh, have to believe that would push up the cost of goods. Fifty grand, okay. fifty grand is okay. Okay, so now here here's the other thing. So yeah, that that does make sense, but it is uh, the the effective minimum wage uh, in in other countries now. 
an example I heard recently was like, okay, so the the argument is that by increasing the minimum wage to let's say you go from fifteen to twenty five dollars an hour, they would assume uh, or I guess the the logic, the rationalization, you know, from the financial markets and and business owners would be that Big Macs would cost all of a sudden a Big Mac would cost fifteen dollars. You know, if you increase minimum wage to twenty five bucks. Uh, that puts a that puts such a burden on the the business that it needs to increase its prices, uh, but that doesn't happen anywhere else where the minimum wage is higher, or where the but, effective minimum wage is higher. I know not every country uses the term minimum wage, and I think they they calculate it in a slightly different way. But the effective minimum wage, what you make per hour of labor, based on time and and force. Um, does not mean a Big Mac costs three times as much. If you triple the minimum wage, from 50, if you go from $7 to $21, it does not going to make a Big Mac go from $6 to $18. And right now, a Big Mac is like 60, six bucks, and that's freaking insane. It's not even a real fucking burger. <laughs> let's, just, uh, like, what is it, pink, pink mush or whatever the hell they call it? Let's, let's negotiate. Um, $16.50. Come back at me. $16.50. You want twenty five? I'm saying I'm saying uh, sixteen. Who who are you? Who are you though? In the, no, we're gonna, you have to, no, we're gonna you have to pick we're gonna, a character. <laughs> we're gonna pick a character. Are you the business owner? Or are you the worker? You just you're just like no, I'm the business like two owner. Workers. I'm you're the like, business okay, owner. I'm coming out. I'm, yeah. I'm the business owner, and I'm coming out at. Thir- uh, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna open at um thirteen twenty five, and then this dollars we strike, and then you okay uh uh thirteen. Yeah, this is not how this works. Uh, <laughs> what we're gonna what we're gonna 20, settle on twenty nine fifty. Yeah, what we're gonna settle on is like nineteen seventy five, and that'll make Matt happy, and we'll all be happy. See, that would make Matt happy because Matt doesn't want people to earn fifty thousand a year because he thinks it's too much, and it's gonna increase the cost of his Taco Bell trip tonight. <laughs> no, but everyone can earn thirty nine five. Uh, so Matt is making a very good point. If you do give everybody free healthcare, <laughs> this is so funny. <laughs> and Matt can't talk right now, but he's uh, giving us. Uh, it's like reading. It's like reading the uh, transcripts of like a ship captain. You know. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Hold on, I'm gonna go to the bathroom and leave you with this one time. Yeah, right. yeah. Go ahead and leave me. I, I'll just I'll I'll free ball it. It'll be just fine. Yeah, talk to uh, now. You t- you speak. This this will, be, this would be great. <laughs> but if you do, okay. <laughs> An interesting question is very high minimum wage uh, versus UBI. God damn it, John turned that music up crazy loud. Um, yeah, um, I, I actually, Matt, I actually agree with you on on the idea of. Free healthcare effectively increases wages. Yeah, because healthcare is baked into wages. Oh, this is so hard. Healthcare is baked into wages, so yes, it makes sense. Uh, so, okay, so that's one option. Free healthcare. That frees up what? What percentage of everybody's uh, income is healthcare? Like, for me, it's like 15% or something, right? Forget what the exact number is. But yes, and yeah, with the, with employers spending so much uh, on healthcare premiums, they uh, 
they could easily increase increase wages if they didn't have the burden of those health premiums. I also don't understand why there's any why there's any I don't know why people don't fight harder against the healthcare system in general. If if I was a business owner, I would I would not want the system that we currently have. I mean, what are what are the advantages? So clearly, there's some kind of a financial advantage, but that financial advantage is completely erased if that system goes entirely single payer. If the system goes entirely uh, federally funded, there's there's no need to even have people negotiating those those terms, those contracts. Uh, and, what they, and all they do is they, they negotiate a contract for something that's acceptable to employees, not great. Some companies randomly have these like great plans. But what always happens, what has happened literally to me and every single company I've worked for is that they have, they have uh, cut away little by little um, all these tiny little benefits to save money on the insurance plan. Which is, you know, that that's a financial pressure that, you know, a lot of like I work for an advertising agency. We have to engage a client and we have to make sure that the client is getting a good deal for what they're buying. And every single year it needs to be better. And that is what they call productivity. So you get into a situation like that where, you know, everything is subject to performance increases year after year. And they start cutting corners everywhere. And, you know, things like our health insurance plan, yeah, it's still it's still fine. It's there. But I, I just think it's fucking foolish for anybody to say that they love their health insurance plan. Who loves their employer-based health insurance plan? I have never loved a second of it. And, in fact, it's always been a pain in the ass. It's It's been fairly easy for me, but it's still a pain in the ass. And at the same time, I still get surprise, surprise hospitals. I still get fucking random shit like that. Or all of a sudden you have to pay $500 for like an urgent care thing that you did four years ago. It ha- it still it continues to happen because the healthcare, the healthcare market, the healthcare industry is probably one of the worst fucking things that was ever invented. I mean, it comes out of like what teachers, teachers looking for healthcare, you know, in, uh, during the depression and, I get that, but to then tie it to employment forever after that makes no fucking sense. And you know, in terms of American history, that's a blip on the fucking radar. It's only been in it's only been in effect in that way for like six or eight decades. Time to fucking change that shit. Make it single payer. I don't understand. It saves money. It's it's the dumbest artifice that we have. It is the dumbest goddamn artifice we have. It saves money to get rid of it and make it single payer. I've had, I'm a, almost a 39 year old man and I've had quite a few jobs. I've had about, I'm not going to count them, but I know it's roughly about 30 or 35 jobs in my life. I've gotten healthcare. Uh, how many? Like 30. We need a job off. Uh, you and Mike need to have a job off. I yep, think I've had I'd- over, I would take the over, like counting the two farmer jacks that I worked at, the two Myers that I worked at, the two whatever. Mike, you yeah. know, paper route, my professional job, my service job, Tell everything. Any every single job. I, I would imagine the over under would be 33 and a half jobs in my life. Hold and on. I've received healthcare from an employer, I think twice. And it was shit. It was it was garbage. It was just crap. Hey, hey. all right. Hey. 
<laughs> I was just about to. I was just you about back to, in. I was just about hey, to. Hey, there he is. Well, I'll hang with you for another second. <laughs> <laughs> I I really wish I had more material like prepared to just go fucking totally ape shit, uh, you know, <laughs> and and just abuse the fact that you weren't able to speak. <laughs> oh man, it was good. Uh, I I really tried, John Scott. You that fucking that music was so loud. <laughs> oh sorry. But I did, I did my damnedest. I did my damnedest to try to um, articulate something. Uh, also, trying to incorporate Matt's commentary. So, I don't know how I did, but uh, I do feel. I do, it was, it I do was hilarious. Feel, okay, good. <laughs> hilarious is as it's good. Yeah, that's that's what I want to hear. I can't tell the re- the way I play music is I just like hold the phone close to the you know I don't have it's weird it started, I don't started, have a I don't have a five thousand dollar Comrex like Mike or whatever it's, no it started fine it started fine but it's almost like the music file like got louder itself like it started totally fine I was like oh, okay this you know this is quaint and then it was like bam, 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 bam. <laughs> you, you did a really good job of keeping it straight while while it was going that's fucking losing it. Oh man, well, we're not we're not gonna be able to like stop this shit either. I don't think. Or maybe I think we, if we just leave. It's, it's just it's like a permanent. It's just like permanent recording. Yeah. Well, I want to hang out, but I'm gonna watch some. Uh, I'm gonna yeah. watch some serial killer. What are you watching? Uh, I'm watching this. Um, me and baby are watching a uh, Night Stalker, which is actually like a really That's what I was about to watch. Yeah, as far as like Richard Ramirez, is that the guy? Yep, yeah, dude. And you know, you watch a lot of these things, and like they don't penetrate me to the bone, like like Richard, often. like Richard Ramirez would penetrate you, <laughs> yeah, yeah <for> exactly. <laughs> before murdering you. Fair play, but like, man, this one is really grisly and really scary it's it's a it's the exact kind of fare that you don't want to be taking in before bed but alas we're gonna watch uh, episode three and four and close it out tonight yeah nice (laughs) well i was gonna ask was have you so just just in general like i i like watching uh true crime stuff mostly when it's unsolved but there are good options for who did it like I love the Zodiac stuff. Uh, yeah. Every year, every year I spend about three months was digging through Cruz's YouTube videos. Was. Yeah, of course, everybody knows that. Uh, it was or he killed people, Kennedy or something. Some, no, some people said it. Some people literally just said it was Ted Cruz. Oh yeah, <laughs> was man. I went to college with this gonna, idiot yeah. that looks like Ted Cruz, which is weird. Uh, yeah. He, well, I'm sorry for him, but uh, he like, acts like Ted Cruz. He's a complete fucking idiot. But when it, yeah, I love the whodunit shit. And uh, I was trying to find, I was looking for recommendations on like true crime, and everybody recommended Night Stalker. But we all already know who Night Stalker is, so it's not as interesting to me. Um, like, I just I'm saw not good- into the sicko shit. I'm just into like the mystery. Yeah, so it could be any crime. Doesn't have to be yeah. some. Some of those new unsolved mysteries episodes are pretty good. Did you watch the Gross Point one? Yeah. yeah. Wait, which uh, which Gross Point one? Uh, it was kind of lame. I thought actually. It was actually kind of lame. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, then fuck that. Have you guys but, watched? The but I was like, I've been the... there. Well, you're I like, I know, that that, I know that church. Yeah. Actually, actually, one of the the craziest fucking unsolved murders ever did happen like on Vincetta. Uh, Years ago, the Oakland County killer. Have you guys ever? That's right by my parents' house. 
Hey, there you go. Yeah. Wait, your parents live over in they that area? At, they live on Royal o- in Royal Oak at like 12 and a half in Maine. What was your dad but, doing on June seventh, nineteen eighty six? Probably giving. I, I, would, uh, yeah. I have no idea. What, I can't remember what year it happened, but yeah, it, it actually the the per, the kid that was kidnapped it was kidnapped on Twelve Mile. There's the fucking Seven Eleven is still there. The same Seven <laughs> Eleven. Uh, that's where like the vehicle was spotted and the kid was spotted and all that. But the Oakland County Killer is a kind of an interesting case. Uh, it did pop up on Hulu at some point as a documentary, but the the guy who made it is a complete fucking tool, and it's kind of hard to watch. But uh, the mystery is still pretty interesting. So, Scott, when you walked away, what I was saying is, like, I know who Richard Ramirez is. I know he's a Night Stalker. He did it. So, yeah, he yeah. did it. Yeah. I'm more interested in the mm-hmm. in the cases where, like, you don't know, but uh, there are some good leads. That's the kind of shit I like. But I can you know, that's few and far between. Them. You know, good. I'm glad it's few and far between. That means there's not that many people that have, you know, whatever. But what about a uh, fuck the, the the pharmacist? Oh, they, uh, the hell happened the what in the farm? That that was a good show. I can't. <laughs> that was a good opioid. That was a good opioid one. But but it wasn't it wasn't unsolved. They yeah. eventually solved the problem. I would I would recommend the pharmacist. Like for the most part, it's it's like unsolved until it's solved. But you don't know. But see, you don't know about it. You don't know that story. It's like yeah, it's it are it's. No, I, I did watch that actually. That, like, I watched doctor. part of it. Oh, okay, yeah, I liked it. I liked the pharmacist. Inducted in plain sight. Is that unsolved? Luke's looking for unsolved shit. We're just going raw right now. Right? Inducted this in is... plain sight. No, I, I think uh, I'm, I'm with her on that one. Uh, okay. Inducted in plain sight. I'm familiar with that, and I think I liked it. Don't address Don't address my vaccinated uh, girlfriend. Throw a breakfast. By saying I agree? it's gonna be those who have the vax and those who don't she's actually got the card she got the card it's like it's got yeah. like a sticker on it with like a date on it and yeah like, anti-vaxxer is gonna have a totally different fucking meaning we're gonna be like hunting people down that have vaccinations <laughs> and beating yeah. them up <laughs> <laughs> no no i totally agree with vaccination that's why i'm beating this person up you might only need uh, you might only need a little bit, Luke, since you you went through the ten day struggle mm. of actually having it. Yeah, you, might only, you might need like fifty percent of the milliliterage. I'm going with it. I trust I trust my genes at this point. I'm going with it. Okay, I'm, I'm not even I'm not even getting a vax. That sounds like uh, crazy shit. Not happening. No, no I'm kidding. Uh, no, I no, I don't want autism. Okay, so this is where you, <laughs> you guys find out. Said autism. This, is, this is where you guys find out about my other blog that I've been running. Yeah. Uh, I got a, <laughs> I got a scoot, guys. <laughs> it's called Midwestern Free, and it's all about no vaccinations. Live free or live free. It's, or it's an anti-vax right? blog for the. Oh, you said I thought you said furry. I thought it was an anti-vax blog for the furry community. Holy shit, that would have been way funnier. All right, yeah, missed missed that opportunity. Uh, Scott, what's uh, what's your girlfriend's name? We I I've never met her. Stephanie. Stephanie, if can Stephanie hear me, or is it just in your headphones? 
Um, she she can hear you. <laughs> Stephanie, it's a pleasure to meet you. Uh, can't, can't wait to actually meet you in person at the tap room in Gross Point. I feel like that's where we all got to hang out. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yep, we're going to do it. Probably um, me and Matt's birthdays are probably fucked this year in April, but I'm hoping in, in May, June. It's going to be close. Over, uh, over or under like May 15th, we should have. Shit. Uh, what about arms. what about old, old Miami? Old Miami is absolutely. Uh, there's no fucking way they care about regulations, and uh, it's basically <laughs> outdoor. <laughs> well, you bring your own. Bring your own sanitizer. This is important. You bring your own fucking sanitizer. You spray everything you touch, and you hang out outside. They got a big ass backyard. If the weather happens to be nice, that would be awesome. I'm game. I'm. I'm. But yes, if we want to get careful, let's be drink anywhere. Really, I mean, <laughs> it'd be a bar. Doesn't right. need to why be the bar. fuck? Yeah, why would I go to a place that's ostensibly no, obviously very dangerous? We should definitely just hang out in someone's backyard. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> let's you just definitely. <laughs> I I could see the old Miami's bathroom being a COVID fucking plume. <laughs> Just, Dude, that, yeah. that COVID is the least that of your doorless shitter in, in there. Bathroom. No, they have diseases in that bathroom. Yeah. From like that bathroom, that bathroom has a saloon, a swinging saloon door. Why is that in there? Uh, well, there's not even enough room for it to swing. You it just, used to just be like, like a, a toilet that didn't have a door. I don't, you know, like God. So I had, to, I, had I had to shit in there one time. True story. Shut up. Yeah. Dude, sometimes you got to shit, and I yeah. have to shit. I understand. I understand. Every time I'm there, I have constant paranoia. And fear was this, are, that might is this day drinking old Miami or like a show? Like there's like a fucking punk rock show going on outside. Afternoon. Yeah, this was like four two hearted deep, and I probably, you know, had like slows to go in a coffee beforehand and yeah. just needed to burn it out in there. Yeah. That's uh yeah, you're you're playing you're playing uh Russian roulette with oh. the colon. Uh, <laughs> we should talk softball. Um yes. You know, oh John would you Scott. play would you play? Yeah. Yeah would June the league is gonna start in June. Um, okay, that gives me enough time to get up to fighting weight. <laughs> oh, yeah. man, we expect you to eat working on my softball muscle. Hey, good, yeah, good man. Mine's mine's epic at this point. Yeah, yeah that ball's going to go 15 it. feet further when you swing, man. <laughs> oh, this, the way I've been drinking, it's going to go like 100 feet further. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put Mickey Mantle to shame. I'm going. I'm going 585 on my uh, long. Oh, are, are you on your third <laughs> liver yet? Uh, have you drank through two transplanted livers yet? You know, uh, if you could, if you could be rich enough to where, like, yeah, you could just replace. Uh, oh, have you guys ever watched The Island? Is that Jude it's Law? Bay movie? And uh, no, it's not Jude Law. It's Ian uh, uh, McEwen. Or, 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 no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, you and McGregor. You and McGregor. Yeah, you and you and McGregor. Jesus Christ, not Ian. Fuck. Great movie. Watch that. I shouldn't have said it at that moment because it kind of spoils it. But um, that's actually a fucking great movie. Um, very Michael Bayish, but also awesome. But yeah, 
No, uh, not not there, but I honestly, I'm like slightly concerned to try to even put my baseball pants on. And I'm starting to think like, maybe I should just order the extra larges right now and just get over, like, just, just get over this like little hump. But I, I've been like going back to the gym. I've had like four weeks finally of uh, like four consistent weeks of working out. So I'm, I'm hoping it's, I'm hoping I start to see results soon. If you need me to coach yet. you through keto, let me know. I was, I was thinking about you today because I was like, you know what? Uh, I know he can survive this. I'm not sure I can survive the keto, Dude, it's, but it's I might, not, I might have to touch you. It's terrible, and it gets really after like four to six weeks. It gets like really, gets really sad. You, you're just like, you're eating like fucking slim jims and and almonds and shit. It, it, it's it's. Yeah, no. What yeah, did she say? She's done with me a couple of times, actually, and uh, yeah, you gotta. The a couple best times. Wait, I thought this was a way of life. I thought you were committed. Were you just doing this every once in a while to lose? Like, oh yeah, when I step on the scale and I'm two and I'm over two twenty, then I immediately just go buy a bunch of meat and like <laughs> oil. It's like the exact opposite of shit that anybody else buys when they hit two twenty. No, but that's what you do. You just you just eat animal flesh and avocados <laughs> and nuts, and you drink whiskey. Vodka. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Amazing. Vodka, vodka, salmon, any meat, avocado, cheese, oil, nuts, all the greens like, you want. What about vegetables, celery. Yeah, all the greens. Yeah. The, the whole point of the whole point of the keto diet is that you are supposed to force your body into ketosis. Like you, you yeah. are creating, yeah, yeah. It's creating just an a, environment in your body that's actually incredibly toxic. It's just that you can't do it forever, so you do it for a little while. It's just then your body clears out all the toxins, and then you yeah. you do it again. Well, I, I can't speak to the toxins. Mm -hmm. It's just ketosis. But what it does is it it, it processes carbohydrates. It processes fat as uh, a carbohydrate. So your body uh, essentially takes the molecule, um, reconfigures it. It turns it into a sugar that you can process like a regular carbohydrate, but mm -hmm. it leaves a byproduct. And the yeah. byproduct is it either is or is similar to ammonia. So now you have all this like leftover byproduct from these molecules that your body is breaking down, turning into sugar, but it's reconfigured in such a way that it sloughs off a part of the molecule that then is essentially the same thing as ammonia. So you've got all this ammonia in your system. And so you have to flood. This is why you can't do, you can't do like keto forever. You know, like you can, you can do it. You just shouldn't do it forever. And, and honestly, this is no, not, this is not like some fucking pompous like stance on this. Like this is just uh, what I do to my body is, 10 times worse. So I'm not saying anything about that. I, I'm just, uh, that's, that's what I remember talking to a friend of mine that was a nutritionist like years ago. It never, never left my head. It's like whenever keto, uh, came out, that was the, uh, what was it called? The whatever diet, the guy that, that died at a heart attack. It was the Atkins. Yeah, it's the that's new how Atkins. It that's how it started. I'm sure it's probably way more fucking scientific at this point. That's I'm I'm literally thinking back. No, it, it really it really isn't. It's just ketosis is just a metabolic state wherein your body is using fat for energy versus like yep. 
That's, yep. that's, I mean, that's the simplest way of putting it. So your body is just like cannibalizing fat in an effort to provide energy for you. And that only happens when you deprive yourself of all of the starch and carb and you just have fat. Yeah. When I did it, the first time I did it was, it, it gets increasingly. You I know, mean, you have your coat is so shiny. The more, the more you do it. But yeah, the first the first couple of times I did it, I had the money and I was just buying like fatty ribeyes and shit and just like eating fatty fucking ribeyes and avocados and eggs and cheese. And I lost the first time I did keto, I did it for like 10 weeks and lost 37 pounds. Shut did you work out at all or no? Up. Oh, no, dude. The only thing I worked out was my wrist lifting glasses of whiskey to my mouth. 10, 10 weeks, 37 pounds. <clears throat> what, were you, what was your max weight? How, how high did you get? I went from like 225 to like 187 or something. Dude, how tall are you? you aren't you like 6'4"? Yeah. Fuck. I'm 230. I'm fucking 5'11". <laughs> Yeah, dude, do keto, do keto in earnest for 10 weeks, you'd be like 185. Uh, yeah, so what is it? It's a, it's about, <laughs> it's about what, two, um, two weeks worth of having like headaches and getting your shit. And, and you might, yeah, like you, you're going to, th- you're going to like maybe pass out. <laughs> All right. So I, I, I realize, uh, I realize asking you a question is like, it, it means you can never leave. So, you got. You got to go. Have a good night. Oh, that's a good note to end on. Tell, yeah, that's a great note to end on. Uh, yeah, to give our give our best. To, to this is a completely uh, unlistenable show, to, uh, by the way. <laughs> uh, I think it only became unlistenable when I started talking over uh, whatever that goddamn music was. Yeah. It was the, what, all that. Yeah. It's it's got to have a name. I bet you it has some. It's like a Spanish fly. It's a Herb Albert. Herb Albert in the Tijuana brass. I, I think I think this this episode technically would just be like the most random one ever. But you know, honestly, if we got a decent recording out of it, that is huge. Yeah. You know, it's like how how fucked up would it be if last week or two weeks ago we tried to go through some like super serious topic, and only to find out that the audio was fucking garbage the entire time. So I'm kind of glad to do it this way, and and hear what we. Uh, yeah, hear what we sound like. Yeah, not, not me. Uh, I fucking hate my voice. I think it's the worst thing ever. But oh yeah, I fucking hate my voice too. But your I, voice is great. Matt's is great. Um, I still am a fan of this uh, this moving and shaping mm-hmm. uh, thing. I definitely want to do that. Just uh, I was thinking this one, almost too many things mm-hmm. in the hopper. But yeah, for sure, let's. Shape I'm gone. I'm gone next week. So you guys record, do whatever the fuck you got to do. I'm going to be, uh, I'm taking a much undeserved yeah. break, uh, and going down to the smoking. Are you kidding? Dude, are no. you kidding? That's as deserved as, uh, it can be. I've had, I've had seven enough stress, 19 months off of work. So I don't know how deserved it is, but, uh, uh it's, yeah, that's the whole thing. Stop thinking about fucking dessert, by the way, just fucking no, no, no. moral thing. I tell I tell Stephanie that on my deathbed I'm not going to be thinking about the amount of work that I didn't do during my exactly. life. No, <laughs> yes. no, not at all. 
Chris, one of Kristen's um, old uh, coworkers, well, like she was like a fucking higher up, um, one of the smartest, uh, just super incisive, clever people I've ever met. But she, she always had a, a thing that was like, I think you get, I think you have a certain number of hours in your lifetime that you can work. You can work them all really up front, but then you burn out. Or you can be one of those people that works here like 70, but you can't be working, you know, 12 hour days. You can't be working 70 hour weeks or else it's it, it's just literally impossible. I think she might have something there over a lifetime might be hard to calculate. But uh, the number of total labor hours people work in their lifetimes might be an interesting, uh, interesting thing to look at. I don't think there's that much labor in any of us, especially labor that it, or work. Work versus labor. Work is shit you do for other people. Labor is something you find value in. More labor, less work. So do what makes you fucking happy. Get out there and fucking let your brain breathe a little bit. Yeah, man. We're going to fucking, uh, we're going to die. Last I checked. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you uh, you get what you give, guys. So, yeah, all right. Uh, uh, I'm going to let you guys go. Have a good a little night. new radicals, a little gross point Michigan here for you. This has been the Is It Safe Podcast. <laughs> you are clear for I, I actually I actually love this song, by the way. <laughs> God damn it. I feel like uh, I won't. Bye. Have a good night.